We are Right Side Home Theater Talk. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Just how very, very quiet it is. And it just, I mean, it sounds like you're in a, a sound studio. Really? Pretty cool. Yeah. You know, um, that's a microphone. It's mostly the microphone because, uh, like, you have to be very close to it. And mm-hmm. it, it enables you to, to do stuff like this with, I mean, that's a concrete wall right there. And then, then wooden door right there i got obviously curtains in the back but and i'm i'm talking right into a 55 inch television right in front of me i mean this far that far away from me right so that's Uh my monitor so you got to imagine there's a lot of reflective sound in here right but the microphone takes care of all that beautiful so yeah yeah so that's you know that's what helps so how we been uh well this uh this christmas i worked on a project that got me uh, hot and heavy on home theater again Uh, hot and heavy but you you already were no i mean well do you go or are you like me do you go in waves mm, no i last year I emailed you. I said, DJ, talk me off the ledge because <laughs> I was so, um, I was despondent because I had a, uh, a receiver that wasn't right. working properly. I sent it in to, to have it serviced and they had it for, uh, ended up being like nine months, yep. which since I've, I've heard other people, especially with Onkyo's, it's, it's like two years they waited for for their right. factory service um but in that time i resisted putting another receiver into that spot because it's just it's it's a pain and i've got a 11 11 channel uh system all these wires that i've got you know uh uh, three amplifiers that I've got to split the the signals out to, and I was just not looking forward to reprogramming my remotes and all that. So <laughs> I got uh, I got that receiver back last year, and um, previously it hadn't been playing uh, all four Atmos channels. And after all that, uh, they got two of them working. The other two <laughs> still don't work, and I'm like I. So I, once again, I, I just stopped uh, watching uh, for a while. And then my uh, niece had a, a wedding and I DJed it. Oh. So I, I told myself, all right, I've got two low quality 18 inch subs in my system. I'm going to use those to DJ the gig. And when I pull them out of the theater room for that, they're never going back in. I'm putting in real subs yeah. uh, to, to replace them. And so I didn't want to watch anything, uh, you know, no physical media uh, movies since, I don't know, June of last year. I've just been, you know, wow. I'll watch streaming, I'll watch Plex. Yeah. 
but I I finally got it all set up at Christmas time, and so now I'm I'm watching movies again like uh, like you wouldn't believe. So I'm I'm really having That's a lot of fun watching these, uh, you know, feeling really feeling the bass like yeah. I haven't in the past. Yeah. What did you get for subs? Did you? Um, two eighteen inch uh, Dayton Audio. Oh, okay. Uh, Ultimax. So I don't know if you're uh, into the the teal small parameters, but the X max that's the distance that the that the driver the excursion um, on the old eighteen inch uh, drivers that uh, that I pulled out of here they had six millimeters X max. Oh, the ones that I just installed have twenty two millimeters X max. So. The amount of air that they're able to push yeah. is just significantly greater. And I already have two of these. They're made by uh, um, Elemental Designs. Okay. Uh, ED Audio. They uh, they came and went in like uh, I think 2008. They went belly up. Uh, no, 2012. They uh, they built my drivers i mean they physically put the uh the the spider everything they they constructed uh these drivers themselves and uh they gave me my uh sent me my speakers and then they folded within two months they oh, no. you know people people on <laughs> avs forum were saying i i haven't nobody will return my calls they already took my cash. I, I, I'm not getting anybody to, to respond. So I was one of the last few to get uh, get anything out of them. <laughs> oh, I'm glad Without you a did. Lawsuit, I guess. Yeah, I'm glad you That happened to me. Oh, man. My first projector. That happened to me. And it was, I was all excited. And um, I didn't have a lot of money. So I was trying to do it on a budget in like a tight tight budget and <clears throat> when you're going from obviously from a television to a projector now you have you have to buy both right once you're in that yeah. universe you can now just upgrade one at a time screen or projector or vice versa right so i needed both and i wanted to get i, I at least wanted 720p i didn't want to buy your t standard um you know, whatever, like, a. sometimes people start out and they'll just get any old projector, like whether it's from a school or something. And I recommend that highly recommend that. But I was at the point now that I'd had 65 inches of high def TV. I didn't want to go to just low def big picture. Hmm. So I'm like, all right, I need at least 720. So that's what I got. I, I put my money there, but then I wanted a decent screen. And this is back in the early two thousands. And, um, I wanted a daylight um, acoustically transparent screen and I'd done my research and what I had found out is the daylight, the one that I wanted. And I found it, it typically ran for like 1500 bucks or something, the one I wanted. And I found it for 800 and I was like, all right, gave him my $800 and you know, four weeks later, nothing showing up six weeks, nothing showing up, you know, and you're like, two months they're like yeah oh, it's on its way okay another two weeks now crickets nothing and i was like uh oh 
And the company basically went under. And what happened is they were taking my, <clears throat> what I ended up finding out is they were just taking money from people and paying their bills with that money as it yeah. came in. And then they went, yeah. we're bankrupt. And then it's like, so they paid their bills, got all that ticket, but somebody like me, what the hell am I going to do? Right. I can't even find them. So I was like, oh, lost that one. So I was like, now I had to go buy a screen, the screen I had to save up again. So now I'm sitting here with a projector and it's like, and you know, when you're at that point of like home theater, you're in home theater and you can't wait for that next step. Yeah. And it's like half the step sitting there for like three months. <laughs> you're, like, yeah. you're like, all I need is the other half. And it was like, yeah. oh no. So, you know, live and learn. You try to skimp and try to save, but sometimes it ends up costing you even more. So, uh, I learned from that one, but my wife never lets me forget it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in this instance, I actually, um, you know, I was pretty even Steven because mm. the, uh, the, uh, elemental designs drivers that I had ordered, they, they didn't come to me in time for, it was another wedding that I was DJing. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I was relying on these things for the for the wedding. So I ended up having to buy those uh, those low end eighteen inch drivers again from Mono Price or uh, Parts Express. Sorry, Parts mm-hmm. Express. Um, they were a hundred bucks a piece, but Elemental Designs knocked off three hundred bucks from the total bill of my uh, what I was buying from them. So the money that they took off, I was able to buy these substitute drivers. And then at the end, I had four 18-inch subs. Oh. So it was a great start to my theater. I had one in yeah. each corner. Now, two of them were uh, were much better than the other two. But, uh, you know, I was able to uh, make do for, for years like that. Yeah. So That's... I was ready to pony up for, for, the, for the upgrade. Yeah. But I mean, it's still a four subs running, and I mean, you really only need, you know, two for even sound, and then after that, I think the four it it evens it out a little bit more. But most of the benefit, right, is for everybody else except for you. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. evening it out for all the other listeners. It's like you, I mean, you literally could just get away just for yourself with one subwoofer. It just takes a lot longer to find that the correct spot in the room and everything. So. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why in this room I just wanted it to be uh you know just like you're designing your theater what what do you what is the ultimate design you know cuz you got a clean sheet of paper uh when we came into this house uh there was nothing in that portion of the basement there's no um uh it uses a boiler for heat and so I didn't even have ductwork to to worry about Oh. Um, I was putting the equipment in a different room, so I don't have to worry about the uh, equipment contributing toward to noise or heat. And so I just said, if I could do what I what I've learned, what I've heard on mm. uh, you know podcasts and and on the forums for all these years, if I could if I could make my uh, perfect theater uh, with the with the space and uh, financial constraints that I've got what would I do? And so I, I knew from the get-go I wanted a, a sub in every corner because my first home theater, my second, my third, every theater I've ever put together 
had uh, the bass was so inconsistent from seat oh, to seat. You yeah. know, I'd be in the theater room and I'd have lackluster bass. I go to the bathroom and it's booming in there like crazy. And so <laughs> not just <laughs> I just I was not expecting that. I was expecting you to be like, oh, and then you move to another seat and it feels better, but you you like you get up and go to the bathroom and you're like, wow, does it rock in here? You know? <laughs> That's fantastic, Kevin. <laughs> so um but the uh, the whole reason that I was uh, pushing to get these subs this year is because when I got that uh, when I got the uh, my Denon receiver back from warranty uh, repair, I had to rerun Odyssey, and so at that time I had the the two good Elemental Design subs up front. I had the two. Um, uh, low end 18 inches in the back and when i ran the uh room correction there was a very it was a distinct difference between the sound i heard coming out of the front and coming out of the rear subs oh and i thought well why should i hear such a difference because yeah. i'm setting the crossover at uh 120 hertz and then i remembered that hasn't been set yet. The Odyssey is determining what it should be, so it's oh. going to run beyond that uh, that 120 hertz. Mm. So, and I've never looked into you know just how high it goes um, mm. into the frequency spectrum, but uh, I mean, it literally sounded like a full range speaker uh, playing a test tone, and so uh, that that told me that. The uh, the front drivers that I had, it's a, uh, a DIY sound group had a sub called the uh, Stonehenge. And it was a uh, six cubic foot uh, tuned port, uh, slot port. And I was just astonished that, wow, it's, it's the tuning that made that sound like it already had a crossover. The, the tuning, yeah. it, the, it, it produced a natural crossover uh sound and the the dj boxes i had in the back um you know it had four holes they weren't ports they're just holes you could you know look inside the box um so it was nothing uh tuned about that box and so it was uh it wasn't doing anything to um to attenuate that signal above the uh the tuning frequency, what would be the tuning frequency of the of the drivers? So that that is what uh, what really pushed me to say, all right, I'm uh, I'm doing this. I'm I'm gonna uh, time to take take on this project. Yeah. So, the, but the uh, so the 18s up front are in six cubic feet. The 18s in the back are in 11 cubic feet uh, foot boxes. So much bigger. Yeah. And uh tuning frequency down at uh 17 hertz. And uh you know that that's the one thing I um uh, I'm kind of uh you know kicking myself about is that uh you know your your bass is only as consistent as your lowest performing uh subwoofer, right? right? When right. you got multiples. Yep. So now I went from the front being the the top 
performers to the rears being the top performers. And I'm like, do I want to, do I really spend, want to spend an extra $1,200 just to make two more caskets for the front so that they're oh. identical? Um, and it's not just the, the money. I, th- I don't know why I was so naive. I thought, all I'm doing is uh, gluing these uh, boxes together. It's a flat pack. It comes pre, uh, preformed. All you have to do is uh, put it together. But there are so many parts, the bracing. There, oh, yeah. Each step, you've got to wait for it to dry before you go to the next step. And so it took me a good five days uh, to, to do this project, plus all of the painting that I did. Which, uh, with your profession, you could probably appreciate this. I I decided I didn't want to buy any paint for this. I wanted to use paint I already had in the house. So, <laughs> okay, I in three different rooms of the of the house, I ended up finding thirty four cans of paint, all open, mm-hmm. all different colors. Yep. Some from two thousand eight, which yep. uh, two thousand eight. I lived in Ortonville, 2010. I lived in uh, um, Auburn Hills, and now I live in Milford. So that old can of paint, I moved it <laughs> from house to house <laughs> to house, and I don't oh. even—I don't even remember what the first use was. But uh, when I was all done, I took those 34 uh, uh, cans of paint, what was left, and uh, put them in the garage with the lids off to let them dry out so i could finally throw <laughs> yeah throw them away i've i've cans of paint that's funny um my stairs that come down to here they're right there mm. underneath them it's all like blocked in right but it's a dead space because it's a stairway right uh, so all yeah. that space under the stairs is stacked with all the paint I used to paint the mm. house. Because when I built this house, when I built this house, I wasn't the builder. Um, I had to have somebody build it for me because to be a builder, you had to, I, it's a long story. But anyways, so I had somebody building, but he let me do a lot of the work, right? Mm. But he was the quote unquote builder. Um, one of the things I did was paint. So I have, mm. I have a lot of the original paint from 2001 and what that's it's funny you say that because it's one of the things i've learned going into this next one i'm going to be doing a lot of the stuff and painting is one of them when i'm done all i'm saving is one can one Hmm. can just it that's it you just put that one because everything i don't care if i bought five cans and i only use three i'm like give it away do something throw it out it doesn't matter because all it does is take up space because you're never gonna use it and you what you really need that one can for is years and years down the line when if you do need to paint something and you open it up and it went bad well now at least i have the record of it here's the mix formula on the top because that's what they do because i've done that and now here here's how dumb i am now i'll pull the can out oh, this color doesn't, it, it's bad, right? So I'll go down yeah. to my Home Depot. Here's the color, but they mix it back. I come home, I use it. I put both cans back underneath. <laughs> like, how dumb is that, right? But that's, I'm, I'm a pack rat, right? But in the new one, no, 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 no. Now I'm like, <laughs> see ya. Because, and that's what's nice about my setup here is everybody's like, oh, you're, you're so generous. You're doing this for your son, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Screw that. He's getting all my yeah. language. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, <laughs> I, it makes it easier leaving here and he's just like me. So he understands, right? Mm-hmm. So when it's all over, like, he'll be like, yeah, dad, this is what dad did. I got to clean all this up, but he, you should see his room. So yeah, live <laughs> and learn. But, um, but yeah, what you're saying about the subs for me, I'm my, I'm definitely doing four subs. I, I, I can't wait yeah. to have <laughs> that four, but it's like, I, I don't, I'm not expecting a noticeable improvement. I'm just expecting ease of use, right? Because yes. now it's like you put your four subs in your four corners. Yeah, you paid double, extra, whatever. Because, but what it is, is it's it's peace of mind. It's like, well, it can't get better than this. This is it, right? It's like, I, I, yeah. there's no better placement. There's no better anything. Let's just do that and you're done. There's it, It's a lot easier to manage. Um the only, the problem I'm having now is I'm thinking of going with towers in the front on the left and the right. And if I do that, the width of my room is only going to be 14 feet and I'm, my speakers are going to be right to those corners pretty much. I'll have two feet, roughly two feet on either side of the screen. So that's, mm-hmm. I'm going to build just similar to here. I'll have speaker, I'll have a, a platform for them to sit on because my, um, I'll be on the riser as the prime seating. So I'll have my speakers on the same size riser behind a false wall, but now there's no place in that corner. So what am I doing? I'm like, I'm going to actually build them up in the ceiling behind the wall. Right. So it'll be like, I was actually going to go with, um, cylinders, but Mm -hmm. now what I might do is I might go with the two thousands in the front because they're shout they're, they're not as tall. So I could actually build the wall and the cubby for each one to go in right at the front top corners. And then at the back, put two cylinders on the floor behind a false wall in the back as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I think that'll look cool too. Right. Like when, go ahead. False wall for the rear. Yep. So what else is going to be behind that false wall? Well, my cylinders, uh, the speakers, so the front and the rear are going to both be, have two feet of false wall. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the, the room is going to be framed in six by sixes. All the six by sixes are going to be stuffed six inches deep all the mm-hmm. way around. Okay. Yeah. So the false wall will be another two feet away from that six inches. Okay, so I'll have two feet of placement for my speakers, for anything, and it'll all be speaker cloth. It'll look like my screen, my screen will be on that wall, but it'll look like it's just floating on black speaker cloth. Same, same situation in the rear. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically you're just looking, stuffing, filling in just everything in there. And then the speakers will be able to be placed pretty much any way you want to put them. I can put them on speakers, like the rears will be on speaker stands that I can adjust as technology advances and we get more speakers or something. I can slide those around. If we say we end up with five speakers across the rear or something silly like that, I'll have that option. Um, My center channel, same thing. I'll probably put it on a nice speaker stand under the screen because the other option I want to do is I want to put hue lighting back there on each speaker. So that when people come in, it it just looks normal, right? Like, where are the speakers? And you hit a button and all of a sudden everything, they'll all light up. And you're like, oh, cool. There they are. And then, and with the subs up in the top, that'll look kind of cool, you know? So 
yeah, it's, uh, it'll be fun. Um, and it's for stuff like that, when you're building, it doesn't mm. cost a lot extra. I mean, you got to build the room anyway. Right. And so I just, I got this space to work with and this is it. And it just, at the end of the day, it's going to make it a lot easier placement of speakers, stuff like that. And, um, you know, I can just slide stuff around and, and, uh, it still but has not, a clean, clean look. Yeah, I, I yeah. really, and it's, it's funny because like I was saying about the paint, it's like everything in this new place, whether it's the theater or the rest, it's like, we're simplifying the house. We're going to a much smaller house. So I need to simplify. I need to clean everything out. And I, I do, I like clean look. I like, I hate clutter. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like my theater looks clean, but then if you go into my media closet, it's like <laughs> every, it's like that old thing, like hold the door. I got, you know, you're trying to get everything stuffed in there. And it's, you that's, that's why I like Steve George. He's got his, like his media closets immaculate. That to me is just <laughs> like, oh, that's so great. Cause I, I want that too. I'm going to have that in the new place, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm so excited for it. But I, like I said, I'm not expecting, um, a big upgrade. I'm expecting just fun building it yeah. and, and then just being able to sit down in it and, and do this stuff, like just go through this all the way through. And then to the day we open the theater and be like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, but yeah. It, you know, when I, uh, think about four speakers, um, the, the advantage of that consistency, um, one of them is, you know, a lot of people, they'll have a, they might have a bar in the back of the room. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that even if it's casual listening, if you've got music that you're listening to, it's just going to sound the same wherever mm -hmm. you, wherever you are. Because I, I don't have a bar, but uh, the room I'm using has four, uh, four sofas. It's got two recliners. It's got a, a table with chairs at it. So... Uh, it's used for a lot of things besides just movies. Mm. Um, so it's, it's nice to, even if it's just on in the background, even though nobody else in the house cares, I will know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, listening yeah. to the, the most consistent and accurate that I can. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, it's all for us. And it's like, we, yeah. and that's what, and, and that's what makes this stuff fun, right? Like you and I sitting down to talk about it is like somebody else that's excited about it because, you know, like I, I love the story Mike Schramm told when he, he had people over and he was like, he had his theater blaring in the basement and he goes upstairs to the guests and he's just standing there. And all I'm picturing is like yeah. my son, when he used to have a toy in his hand and waiting for somebody to ask about it. And there, you know, I'm picturing Mike standing in his living room or his kitchen, like, come on, somebody say something to me. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cared. Nobody cares. They just think you just got loud things going or something. It doesn't matter. And you're like, but when somebody asks and that's where you get the, oh, I pulled, <laughs> I just pulled the pin and you're ready to blow, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, um, the first movie I watched when I got the, uh, the setup was, uh, Oblivion, Tom Cruise. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was just on Netflix. But, um, like nine minutes in the, these subs really came alive oh. and I backed it up, uh, hit play and ran upstairs. I was the only one in the house 
and we've got a wood burning stove. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a wood burning stove that just nothing but metal rattling uh, from from that base downstairs. So uh, when I was done watching the movie, I I backtracked to that same spot, and then I paused it, and then the next day uh, when the whole family was home. I basically did that. I, I hit play and then ran upstairs just so I could experience them uh, feeling the the thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, when I blare it in in my house, like I'll play a reference, and it, my wife's just like, she just. I mean, it because I there's no there's no sound treatments, not anything like what we know about now. And it, like mm. I've said before on the podcast, mine's all connect. It's literally connected to the foundation of the mm. house. It's connected to the beam. But there's this one spot upstairs that we had an end table on, and I'm like, I can fix that, and I just got rid of the end table. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, this end table's rattling. Everything on this is rattling. It's like, uh. and it's really bad right over here. And I was like, well, yeah, because right underneath that is the right front channel, and then right next to that is like, or slightly next to it, center of the room is the subwoofer, and this wall is literally bolted to this joist that this is sitting on. She's like, well, how are we going to fix it? And I picked up the end table and moved it. <laughs> like, get rid of it. It's rattling. Get rid of it. I'm like, I can't change the room. You and know. I've, I've tried. I've, I've thought, I've, I've said to her, I go, I'll rip the whole thing down. I'm like, that would be fun to me. I'm like, I'll rip the whole thing down and do the exact same room again, but just don't attach it to the house. Mm. Right. The only thing it's attached to would be the floor. And then that would get rid of probably 90% of what they're dealing with up there yeah. just getting rid of that and uh otherwise i'm i mean the base just resonates through like to the attic i mean it's attached to everything right and mm -hmm. it's like ripples in a pond they just keep on going till they can't so um but yeah i I've, i can't tell you how many times i've stood in my theater over the last probably 10 years just going mm. looking around all right should i just start ripping just start ripping. And it's like, and that, I know it's funny. Like, like you said, you took six months off almost a year from your theater, like from June. I mean, you were on here in what, May? I and think then, so. Yeah. So like a month later, you were like, that's it. You know, you're not watching. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I burned you out, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but like it, to me, the hobby is the entire thing. Right. It's not just for, for guys like us, it's not just sitting down and watching the movies. So if I were just to rip my theater apart and like, just gut it walls down, everything, just a bare space again, that would still be, I'd still be knee deep eyeballs deep into the hobby. Cause I'm like, cause it's going back up. It's just going to go back up differently. And I've offered that to my son. Cause it's basically going to be his and probably in the last six months I said, do you want to do it? And I'm like, we'll do it together. And I'm like, you're going to, you're going to help subsidize the cost. I'll split it with you. <laughs> Cause I want to have some fun with it, but, uh -huh. um, but it's going to be yours anyways. And he's like, no, I don't care. And he's like, I don't care. I, I love it the way it is. I'm like, and he, He's like me. He's very, uh, he gets attached to things and he's like, no, let's keep this as it is. And we'll build the other one and we'll have the two to reference. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> then the competition begins, right? Then you start uh, seeing what you can do to out, outdo one another. 
Well, I don't think. See, he's not into home theater like uh, I am. Okay. He's like, I don't know. Do you like? Is is your family into home theater at all? At all? No. No. Nope. Right now, at least my wife appreciates good sound. That's just it. Good, good video, and she she tells everybody that there is no movie theater she'd rather go to than our home theater. Right. Which is high praise. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to put appreciates, right? And my family, I think, appreciates everything that they have. They really do. Uh, my son loves the theater. He, you know, he plays video, he plays more video games in there than he does watch shows. Hmm. He, he just goes in and it's like, like right now at night, he probably gets 90% of the evening viewing hmm. because I get it in the morning and I'll watch something before I go to work. When I get home, when he gets home, he goes down there, he comes home from work, has dinner, and then he's gone. And it's like, if I want to watch anything, it has to be after nine, nine thirty because that's when he goes to, he'll go to bed at like nine o'clock, but he'll have been playing video games for the last two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it. Right. But it's fine. We're sharing it back and forth, but he's all video games. Um, if I, I, I know everybody in my the, in my family, my immediate family, if I wasn't into home theater, none of them would be right. I mean, yeah. we, yep. everybody listening is probably like, yep, that's everybody mm-hmm. I know. Um, because we got into this. I mean, think about where we grew up, like where you grew up, Kevin, how many other people in your family are into this? Like you are right. I have none, nope. none, none. And we came from nowhere. Right. And that's why I went and Thanksgiving when Lee was like, I want to get more people into this. We got to, you know, show people this and get them into it. And I'm like, you can't, you can't because you can't, no, no amount of forcing. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's like, you could just show, there you go. This is it. This is how you do it. We all came without being shown. We all came here because we just wanted this. We, there was something we wanted that we just didn't know, especially going back to the eighties and was like, it didn't even exist. And then, you know, stuff like that. So you, you, the depth that we are into this, you can't just, you can't say you want to get in here, buy a pass and you're in. No, it's, it comes from inside and you're just, you're just that, that's just who you are. My son's getting a theater. He just, you know, he gets to inherit it, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. My daughter got married. She's building her house. Well, built, I say building. She's not, she bought a house and we're refurbishing it and some issues there, but she's got a nice space in her basement for theater. And they, they both listen to this podcast now, which is pretty funny. Um, uh, her and her husband and Greg's like, he wants a theater when he was a freshman in college. And when they first met, he actually, Greg actually built a, th- a theater in a box for his dorm room and he used it as a project. So in one of his classes, he had to do something, engineer or something, and he had already built this. So he used it and he was like, he'd had a little projector on it. It had this, it had all the play and he wanted to market it and everything. I mean, it's a great idea, but it's that line of thinking. So he's got the bug. So maybe, maybe I'll see how he goes. I'm like, cause I walked into their basement and I'm like, okay, we got a beam here. We got a wall here. And I'm like, we could put this. And they, they're like, where's the theater going to go? I go, I've already mapped it out. I'm like, we were, we were doing the home inspection when they had, uh, before they bought it. And I was like pacing out the, the room. Okay. We got 
12 feet this way. We got, I can do an 18 foot, but <laughs> they come over and I was like, yeah, this room, the ceilings are kind of low. I'm like, what are you going to do? Jumping jacks? You're sitting down. Who cares? I'm like, mm. I'm like who cares? I'm like, we'll just set you up in the front. Nice. I go, we could put an 85 inch on the front wall. You'll be good to go sitting close. Nice surround sound. I'm like room for probably four people, two rows of seats. We could even do some stadium seating. We're like in a small room like this. I'm like, yeah, you know, you got to just keep your head down. You sit, once you sit <laughs> down, you're just watching a movie. Yeah. What the hell do you care? Like, all right. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. I've told them how to do it and I'll help them do it, but we'll see where it goes. But now, again, I, they got to get the bug. Yes. But, um, I've, I've got a different perspective on, uh, you know, being able to bring people into home theater. Okay. I know uh, Tom Andre probably would not want me to give Lee Overstreet the benefit of the doubt, but uh, I, <laughs> um, but uh, the way the way I see it, even Tom Andre, uh, he went to movies his whole life at mm-hmm. the theater. He never thought to put one in his house, but right. he he visited a dorm room or mm-hmm. someplace during college, somebody playing what Jurassic park. Yep. And that told, then it clicked. Oh, I don't have to go to the theater to get that experience. Right. So to Lee's credit, the more people you bring into your home theater to show them what's possible. Right. You, you, you give them maybe a, a plant a seed in some people. I, I completely agree with you. They've already got to be predisposed to it. They just have to not know yet that they right. like that they'd exactly. be interested in it, but you right. got to show it to them. The seed, the seeds already there, but you got to water it. Right. Mm. And watering it is showing them like Tom Andre had the bug. He had the seed, if you will. Right. And then he, when he saw that, what that dorm room was capable of, with mm-hmm. I think they had a subwoofer and it was a great experience and that was it that's all he needed it was you know fuse to the dynamite whatever you want you know he lit the fuse is probably yep. a better way to put it because it's like you're ready to explode on the home theater but you need to be you need to be lit and some people my point with Lee is you can't get frustrated when people don't get excited about it right it's yep. like all we can do is lead by example and hope that people, you know, and if somebody follows, encourage it. That's all you can do. You can't really entice, you can't do anything to entice anybody because it's it's going to happen or it's not. And that's why we're such a small niche group. It's like, it, it's not an easy, yeah. I mean, think of what you have to do. You have to love movies enough to to build something in your home, whether it be a dedicated room or, I mean, I don't know what is more dedicated. The person that gets a dedicated room where the wife said, go down there in that space and leave me the hell alone. (laughs) Or the guy like John, who the wife goes, all right, fine. Ruin my living room. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Whatever. I mean, he's got a 23 screen in his living room it's like who's more dedicated the guy that put up some walls and hid everything or the guy that's actually like whoa you walk into his living room like merry christmas everybody let's watch hunt for red october (laughs) what the hell you know so i mean there we're all nut jobs right we're all nut jobs and and then you get into like 
guys like you and I that wants to do more DIY, hands-on and build stuff and do all this. And so, so now you've got to have the engineering mindset and creativity mindset to solve the problems of that don't even exist <laughs> because nobody has a problem. Except yep. us, <laughs> right? So yep. it, there's so much to, to get into it. And you wonder why, like, why it's such a small group. All of those little things are a small group. Never mind the combination of all that. I mean, talk about, I, I, I'm going to use it in a positive way. Talk about a snowflake. Talk about mm. a one and a one of a kind, right? I'm like, yep. we're all like snowflake, one of a kind people. It's like, it's mm. weird. But it's great, and we're ha I'm, I have I've had fun with it for years and years and years. Obviously, since the '80s, since the podcast, it's just even more fun now. Mm. And it's because it, it, we all just keep each other going. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, um, my best friend since before grade school, even before kindergarten, I I knew this guy. He recently asked me if I would help him. Just got his first house. Um, he said, Kevin, I want to put a home theater in the basement. And I'm like, oh, I, I started putting stuff together for him. <laughs> budget, budget, got, budget. What do we got? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, I, I've got all kinds of equipment. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to take care of the audio uh, side of this thing. I've got a subwoofer, a receiver, speakers. But then he came to uh, visit me. From uh, he lives in Pennsylvania. He came came up to visit me last week and said, "Yeah, I I got uh, two fifty inch TVs. They were such a bargain. So now we've got the TV for upstairs and the TV for the home theater." And I had to bite my tongue because I'm like, "Do you even know how far your seat is going to be away from that? Did you think about that before you bought it?" But I I told my wife, I said, "I've got to manage." my expectations of of what he wants because mm. i don't think he really wants a home theater he wants two tvs one for his wife and one for him when they can't agree on something to watch right. so he's got more room in the basement so i think it was uh you know, this might be fun for Kevin if he just uh, has loose uh, down there and does does whatever he wants for the uh, for the quote unquote theater. But um, yeah, as soon as I heard he got a fifty inch TV uh, for this big room in the basement, I was like, okay, he and I have different expectations of, <laughs> of a right, and that yeah. that's the hardest part is yeah. like like containing our enthusiasm to not put off the person that's asking for assistance and not be like, because I've done that myself over, I mean, 30 years I've been at this and you get so excited that you start talking about stuff that becomes so overwhelming to people that now it just turned into a non-starter. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's, it's very, very hard to do because like I said, I'm willing to tear mine down and start over because that's fun to me. Yep. Right. It's like, that would be, I mean, I, I love working with wood. I love building stuff. I love doing all that stuff. So, and then I'm going to get a new soundproof home theater out of it. That's a great, great prospect to me. Okay. Talking with somebody that's asking for assistance on how to put a home theater in their basement, which is really just 
a room to watch television in with nobody else is completely different. And that's where it's like that, that, that seed has to grow. That's what, what we were talking about before. It's like you let them work themselves into just like we did. It's like, I didn't know the flaw. Well, frankly, the flaws didn't exist when I started because they, the technology wasn't there yet. Right. Mm-hmm. The flaw was inherent. We were at 480 lines of resolution. I couldn't yeah. tell you back then, like, seriously, look at this television. It's 480. Why aren't we getting 1080p? <laughs> what the hell was 1080p? Right. It's like I, I knew what interlaced and progressive was that the, uh, the I and the P stood for back then mm-hmm. in the early 90s. But we had no idea about 1080. That honestly, I probably didn't even read about that until maybe mid 90s. When you started to read about high definition, it was probably 93, 94, where they were talking about this was coming someday. Hmm. And then, then it was, uh, you know, late nineties that you couldn't wait to get it by reading about it in the magazines and, um, nine 11 actually set it back HD Hmm. because, um, in America anyways, one of the biggest, and it, it sounds silly, but one of the, um, the biggest, uh, the, the way they were going to put it out was going to be in New York city. And one of the biggest, um, towers to put to broadcast high definition, I believe, I, I don't know if it was on one of the twin towers or if it was just in the city, but the whole project went because they had bigger fish to fry, right? Yeah. They had other mm-hmm. issues to deal with. Um, also the money allocated to the FCC for that all got diverted because of nine 11. Mm. All right. So there was so much that went on that all of this stuff got slow. Like our home theaters experiences all got delayed because of, rightly so. Right. But it's like, that's how, how intertwined all of this is with real life, with everything. And it's like our only real major HD content to, to the masses would have been through broadcast. And that was all supposed to come right around 2001. And it didn't end up coming for a few years later. Um, and it got, I mean, substantially delayed. So, um, it's stuff like this. It's that like you start to get into this with somebody that doesn't care. What the hell? They're like, well, no, I just wanted a television and a remote. <laughs> yep. and i want my wife to leave me alone can you help me build some walls that's all i'm looking for <laughs> um it, well i did a little bit of evangelism uh back in november um Ooh, our, i like that uh, term <laughs> well our kids are um they're homeschooled but they belong to a co-op so a co-op okay. the kids go in every two weeks and they're with other homeschool kids from around the area and yep. it gives them an opportunity for some uh you know community uh involvement yeah interaction stuff yeah yep so uh i went in kind of a uh show and tell for one of his classes i took over the class and i set up a home theater in the room oh i brought a projector i had the uh just two speakers um but i had a subwoofer and a uh receiver and I just went the whole nine yards, had to set it up. Yeah, I only had like 15 minutes before the class started. Oh. And so uh, I really had to uh, 
push to get it. But again, I, I, I've DJed a few gigs, so I've, yeah. uh, I carry, carry equipment around quite a bit. So, um, but none of the kids had a home theater at their home. No. They'd all gone to the movies, uh, gone to the theater to watch, but they, they didn't have anything like it at home. And so, um, you know, I understand part of it is economics of the family. Part of it is uh, just the interest level yeah. from from their family. But I, I'm hoping that there was maybe one or two kids in that class that next time they go to the movies, they'll they'll think about the experience they had in that class and say, "Hey, you know what? I could have this kind of experience anytime I want. I can hit pause and go to the bathroom when I want." Um, yeah. So I, I'm, uh, I, I noticed a, a, a couple of years ago that I'm the only one I know <laughs> who cares about this stuff. And so that, that's when I really started thinking of, uh, ways that I could, you know, kind of share this with, with other people. Yeah. And it, that's a, that's a great, great idea. I mean, you could go around like, just going into schools and demonstrating the fun stuff that you can do. And it's like, I'm trying to think of a way that you could integrate it, like actually make it like, I know I'm already thinking of ways to do it quickly. Like I could probably set up a home theater in, in that, like you said, and it was like 15 minutes, it'd all be pre-planning. You'd have speakers, speaker stands. You could do a five, one system probably in 15 minutes. Right. You have your, your speaker wires already on a spool. You got speaker stands, but it's, everything's already labeled. So it just plug it in and just go with the spool and everything would end right where it was supposed to end. Um, definitely doable. Um, but how do you do that? How do you make it like, how do you make the educators, right? The school systems be like, why the hell do we want to demonstrate this for kids? And be like, oh, it shows creativity, shows technology, shows, you know, hot movies and stuff. It's a fun thing to do, but there's a lot of problem solving that goes into this. And you, how do you make that part of, how do you make that appeal to the curriculum, right? Mm -hmm. And then what that could do is then you could actually be like, okay, well, now maybe that one you if you got one kid out of a school of a thousand kids it's like okay fine it's like you go you know even if you went to a high school my my wife teaches at a high school that's got like 1800 kids if you got one kid out of that it's like that's a lot of people when you go one yes. out of every 1800 in the country or something right you know and it's yeah. like if you got one kid that would be pretty cool and i mean everybody else would just find it interesting but that's kind of how things work anyways Right. And that's, yeah. that's, I mean, there's more to home theater than, like you said, it's like, you can tell people like, look, you can pause it and you don't have to go to the, if you have to go to the bathroom, you can pause it. You don't miss anything. There's no, those are all the benefits that we talk about after the fact, but really the benefits I think are the, the problem. So it's, it's an outlet for all of us, right? Because we like to do problem solving or we liked, you know, there's certain people like, like Steve George and like, he's not the problem solver for this stuff. He just wants to sit down and enjoy movies. He wants to enjoy the art. He wants to, he does like the technology part of it. Like, Oh wow. My room went boom and all this. He lo yeah. loves that stuff, but he doesn't want to solve the problems. He wants somebody else to do that. And it's, and that's fine. There's that a uh, passion too, but the people like ourselves that, that have that same passion for that, but also want to, hands on like oh even if i could have somebody build it for me 
that's no fun to me. I want to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I've had, since I've said I'm building a new house, I've had more people here, try this company, try this. I, I don't want a company to design my theater. I, I, these are great designers. These are great people. They do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, it's the building of it. And it's like, whatever yeah. it is, but it'll be better like this. Not to me. It won't. It may actually technically be better, but it won't be mine. And it's like, yeah. when I sit down in my theater, I want what I want. Right. So it's like, I mean, there's so many different aspects to it. And it's like, and that's, that's what's so much fun about it to me. Yeah. And for me, I, I can't imagine like using a, um, having a Crestron system installed and then anything that goes wrong, you got to call Crestron. <sighs> to have that. I, I you know. know. It, I mean, the, the turnkey for, for some people it's, uh, and you know, there's probably a level of reliability that mm. that Crestron system has that my system <laughs> might be full of a lot more bugs, yeah. you know, that I got to tinker with it more. But, uh, like you say, knowing, uh, I've got a, uh, the wire to this speaker is running through the wall here, goes into the ceiling there, you know, you know where everything is cause you did it yourself. Yeah. You, you're confident to, to rip into it because you, uh, you know what you're doing. Exactly. And I'm, I'm like, I'm really, really torn honestly on mm -hmm. whether I go with a control four, a Creston or a, another, you know, higher end remote company, you know, uh, automation company, because I know like what I do really want to have some of that interaction that I can get with the Kaleidoscape where you, and, and I want some of that reliability now that I'm older. Um, mm -hmm. maybe I don't want to tinker with that part of it, but I do, mm -hmm. I do. <laughs> I like doing the stuff that I do. Like I love my harmony remote. I love, I'm like, I, I'm like, what's better me buying a harmony, another harmony remote online which yeah, they're way expensive. They're on eBay and stuff, but they're still cheaper than buying a, you know, a, a, a whole other system like a Creston yeah. system. But then, like you said, there's that reliability of the Creston sitting If my wife goes down or my parents will be living with, if they go down, it's like, I don't have to worry about like, all right, do this, do that. So there is, um, uh, but I am honestly, I'm honestly torn on it. And I don't, it's like, cause it's two pieces I'm trying to rationalize in my head. It's like, I love doing this. I could save some money, but I love doing it. And I love doing it or I could spend a little extra and just make it so smooth for everybody. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. I've, I've made a uh, pretty drastic change in uh, how I handle uh, remote controls. Um, back in the late nineties, I got a, uh, all for one home producer eight thing handles eight different devices. Each device had to be programmed individually key by key. And it just, it took forever and you had to make sure which, uh, input you were on before you hit the buttons because, you know, each button did eight different things depending on which, yeah. uh, which device you had selected. So go from that to, you know, I've had a, a um, I had a Philips Pronto. I had a, um, Oh, I had uh, that. Yep. A Harmony low end 650. Um, and then I found out about the side click. So I don't know if you've seen a side click before. It's just it a little familiar. Yeah. 
it's a uh, about the size of a stick of gum, and it snaps onto your Apple TV remote. Or it's they've got yeah, one yeah, that yeah, snaps yeah. onto your yeah okay yeah I know exactly what you're talking about it, it yeah it yeah it makes your Apple remote more of just that remote yeah yeah did you and try they've that they've got uh, the um, Amazon Fire Stick that's the one that I've got okay uh, so there's only eight buttons on it yeah so you have to get creative as to what what eight buttons are most important to you but with that little eight button remote. I can turn my entire system on. I can drop the uh, my 125-inch motorized screen, or I can turn on my 60-inch uh, uh, Pioneer Kuro plasma because wow. I've got them both up against that wall. Yep. I, I can um, uh, change inputs. I've only got two inputs uh, from that remote, but it's... Um, it's my two most often used inputs, and one of them is actually a dual input uh, that if I've got my computer turned on, my computer shows up. If my computer's turned off, then the other uh, oh. device shows yep. up. So I've actually got three in there, and then I've got an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper that shows what each button does so that if my wife or kids want to use the system and I'm not there... They all know exactly how to use that Fire Stick remote. So uh, the rest of it is just those those other eight buttons. It does everything. I'm, I, now I'm very intrigued because I, I I love that. I have in my theater the one thing I do carry with. I mean, I have my Harmony, and I, and I can I can use my Harmony for everything, including Apple, mm-hmm. right? And it's like. But the one thing the Harmony remote doesn't do, it doesn't scroll the pages and scroll things on Apple like an Apple remote does because you can slide mm-hmm. your finger around, right? Um, so a lot of times I'll have my, well, not a lot of times, but in my seat right on the armrest, it's always, it has the Apple remote right there. So if I feel like scrolling with that, I can do that. Or if I just pick up the Harmony and I just click over and I can use that. But I like that idea to be able to simplify and just have, maybe not have to use the harmony that big, you know, and just have the Apple remote still have the harmony to turn everything on. Like if I'm upstairs, I can use my phone and I, uh, that's how I start my theater. I'll just start it up. And by the time I get down, everything's ready to go, but do that. And then once I get there, have that side click on the remote yeah. and utilize that for everything. It'll control the volume and control this and that. And it's like, all I have to do, I hit a button and it'll go to that. I mean, that that would be pretty cool. I like that. I might try that yeah, out. I, I was inspired by the, um, you know, there was a trend, I don't know if they're still doing it, where um, they would have a full-featured remote with a with a television, and then they'd have a, a really uh, limited number of buttons on a okay. secondary remote. All it does is turn it up, volume, turn it on, volume up, down, channel up, down. And um, I've actually got a, a Sony receiver that had a uh, a zone two, a zone three remote that just don't have as many buttons. Mm-hmm. I was like, why don't I do this for my home theater? I've still got five remotes on a on a tray that slides out of my um, my coffee table, um, yeah. and I've got a, a wireless keyboard for my computer. But you don't have to have all that stuff cluttering your life ninety yeah. percent <laughs> of the time if you're just sitting down to watch a movie. So uh, that that has done a lot to improve the uh, 
the the approachability of the theater because the family just they they didn't want to deal with right. the, the harmony remote. I mean, and I never really enjoyed the idea of using uh, what do they call it scenes or uh, when the you macros? press one button and it does macros. yeah the macros that they use it's yeah. it's more activity driven I think yeah um that. Uh, I had too many problems with, uh, you know, the remote not catching one of the one of the button presses, and you mm-hmm. end up out of out of sequence. And I just uh, didn't want to deal with that. But what I do use the Harmony for is uh, because I get a lot of equipment from Salvation Army, and they mm-hmm. never have the remotes with it. Ah, uh, so it's awesome to be able to just, uh, yeah, you know, at a moment's notice, program that uh, that. Uh, device into the into the harmony i wonder how much longer that's going to last but uh every time i've tried it it's worked yeah yeah it is pretty interesting that we've we've had that well it's been over a year now right Mm. maybe almost two years since harmony said they're done but everything's been rock solid and every now and then a story will pop up that oh they're not around or something like oh i couldn't get this to do something um, most recently was like a couple months ago, Ara had the, a listener had that issue and then he's like, Oh, this month. And I heard it on the podcast. Um, and they, I heard him talking about it and I just called Ara right away. I was just picked up the phone. I'm like, I'm listening to you right now. And no, I, I literally just did the night before I had just done exactly what they were trying to do with my harmony. Mm-hmm. So R and I went back and forth and he goes, let me grab my remote. And it was like, try to, and I could tell, I walked him through the steps and he still couldn't do it. So what, what it was is I think it was, it was something with their hub or their own internet or something, but it wasn't harmony because I'm like, and then when I went home, we did it again. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it fine. It's not harm. It's not on harmony's end. And this is, it, it, this is one of those things where it's a lot like streaming. Like there's so many variables in the chain that it's when we think it might be harmony that went under you're like nope that's not it it's like something Mm. happened and you're like oh no what happened and but that's they're still running they're up and running they're running well and i mean mine's been you know i have and that's like you said you go with a crest on or you go a control four or something like that it's like i have a feeling that if i had a system like that upgrades would have a lot more thought in them because I'm like, do I really want to do this? Because now <laughs> I've got to put it out to people. It's not like, like I'm not, I'm an immediate gratification type person, right? And it's like, I'm, you know, microwave kid that, you know, I want it now. So I'll think about something for a while and I'll, I'll do my research and I'll work on it and I'll work out the issues and the bugs in my head. But then when the bug hits me, all right, it's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm already looking at new tuners, right? New preamps. <laughs> I just got my Marantz not even a year ago. And I'm already like, well, the new room, I want to be more. So what could I do? I guess I got to sell this one. I could do that. Now I'll do that for six months, whatever. By the time I'm in the new one, maybe whatever. Right. But that's not the point. The point is when a bug hits, it's going to hit. And, and then it's like, I need it now, 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 now. And you're like, I, where can I, and it's not really what's the best deal. It's all right. Um, is this available? You, you shop places and that's why we love Amazon, right? Be like, I don't shop by price. I shop by when can it be here tomorrow? 
<laughs> you'd be like, okay. And because the price is usually all relatively the same, you know, it's not like you're saving thousands of dollars. And I, I mean, anything you buy, I'd be like, oh, th- these people have it to me tomorrow. Boom. Click on that one. Great. And if I can't have it tomorrow, I might not get it at all. And it'd be like, oh, it's not until next. Oh, I'll be over this by next week. Okay. All right. Let's move on to something else. <laughs> and that's how it works. Right. So yeah. having a Creston system, hmm, right now I got to call the guy, have him come out, do the system and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, I'm not even going to bother doing that yet. But then it'll just take longer for that bug to take hold because then I'll, we'll do it and I'll be like, all right, well now, now I've got to use multiple remotes until somebody can come out. Oh my God. (laughs) What the hell living in the dark ages here, having two remotes in my hand. Now talking about being, um, you know, eager. Neurotic. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Eager to, to, to do something you're thinking about, um, you're going back to the uh, one for all home producer eight. Mm-hmm. When I uh, when I learned about that remote, it was uh, I don't know the summer of ninety nine, and I was in my uh, my first house. I just moved in um, the year before, and so I was uh, really looking forward to putting the putting the theater together, and my brother said, hey, Christmas is com- coming up. Uh, what do you want? And I served it up to him. I said, <laughs> I want the, the home producer eight. And he's like, all right, consider it done. And then I start looking at the calendar, and I'm like, I really I really want that thing. I want to start you know, playing with it. What's- and I couldn't wait. I, and to this day, I, am, I feel... Uh, very bad for my brother because i'm i'm so difficult to to buy for i gave him exactly what to get me and then i got it myself and so he ended up giving me a cd rack or something but um it's it goes to your point about we are kind of obsessive about this Mm -hmm. people know that we are home theater maniacs have has anybody ever tried to buy you something home theater related like uh equipment wise like my wife knows she can't buy me any home theater equipment but she will buy me uh you know ornamentation something like a, yeah. a home theater keach items to to put up on the wall and stuff outside the room that that lead people into the into the theater but no, nobody's ever tried figuring out what you what kind of speaker you'd want i can't imagine somebody buying something like that for me i have two examples <laughs> two examples my wife on both occasions so one she got me i i honestly to this day it's like this is how great she is uh-huh. it, this one to me was miraculous okay and i i talked in this week's podcast i get emotional and stuff um I just, you know, so like Christmas morning, I'm opening this up and I'm like, what the is a little box? And this was many, many years ago. I'm back in 1080p days. And, uh, I was, I opened it up and I'm like, what the, she bought me a, a Darby, 
back when mm. the the video pro little little yeah. video processing box that was supposed to give you more lines like actually cleaner lines of I can't, I can't remember what it did but it was it, you put it in line your HDMI in line and so I put it basically it's like a you know almost like a, a mini cheaper Lumigen right it yes. was a cheap video processor at the time yeah the Darby Darplet they they mm -hmm. had in the last Opos. I believe. Yeah, Opos and yeah. Darby's in Lumigen now. It's mm. there's a Darby version in the Lumigen now. In the Radiance Pro has a Dar that I have turned off. Um, but it, but anyways, back then it was a big deal, and I was like, oh, all right, you're gonna get more whatever it did, right? Yeah. I'd been researching it, and I had been looking, but I had no, I have no idea to like what. But she she knew I wanted one. I don't know if I mentioned it or whatever, but it was maybe I did. And I think that's what she said. Like I had mentioned it in like September, August or September. And she was like, okay. And she looked up and they were probably three, four, maybe 500 bucks at the time. Because hmm. uh, it was fairly new technology or whatever. And I was just like, I got choked up. I was like, where the hell? Like you thought about this? Where did this come from? How did you do that? And it was like, so that was one of those few things that was within her price range that, you know, cause a lot of our, and she knew I wanted it and I hadn't gotten it. Right. Mm. Um, the most recent one, she, she just kind of like, she, she got a little sneaky and I'd been shopping for new speakers. I had written to AV rant. Uh, I was thinking of upgrading my speakers. This was probably four years ago, maybe three years ago. Um, and uh, actually I think it was during the podcast. So it was probably the first, the Christmas of the pot, no, my first Christmas of the podcast. So maybe 2019. And, um, she'd gone into my Amazon, which is our Amazon account. Right. Mm -hmm. And she looked at the shopping cart and, you know, save for later stuff. And she'd gone through there and she'd seen the three speakers are sitting there. And then she actually, and I'd been watching them. They were the NHTs that I have now. And I'd been watching them and she saw them, uh, refurbished, used, blah, blah, blah. These are, they're each roughly five, 600 bucks, whatever, new. But mm -hmm. she ended up getting them. Cause I went back into them. I'm like, what did you pay for this? I'm like, cause Christmas morning, I'm opening up three giant boxes. I'm like, what the hell is this? Right. Giant as in like for Christmas, you mm -hmm. know, she usually doesn't get me big speakers and stuff. So I was like, what the hell? And I opened them up. I'm like, well, now I know what I'm doing Christmas morning. And I was like, but yeah, she, she'd gone in the cart and just like click, click, click and bought them and gave them to me for Christmas. So there you go. But that's about the only way you can really do kind of that kind of thing for us, right? It's like you actually yeah. literally have to just rob their cart. <laughs> yep. like, yeah, and for me, I, uh, I'll i think about something for months. I'll, I'll say, I'm really interested in this. I like it, but I, I ruminate on it. I just think about it, and maybe something else comes out, or I see somebody's review Mm -hmm. that I trust, and uh, I just, I'm no longer interested in it. So uh, my wife can't say, well, you said you you were interested in this. I saw, you know, all the materials, you you know, downloaded the spec sheet and everything. That means nothing. I'm, yeah. I'm constantly <laughs> investigating, you know, different uh, things that I can do to tweak this system. Oh, yeah. It's... It 
it does, it's always changing. Your opinion on things is changing. It's like, that's why it's yeah. so hard to get. Um, I'll give you another one. It's not really, well, it's kind of home theater. It was the podcasting. Um, she'd heard me talking about the Roadcaster Pro mm-hmm. for a long time. And she, and then, then one day I went out and bought one and she was so disappointed because she's like, and I think I was talking about it because it showed up in, um, was that WandaVision? I think it was WandaVision. It showed up in, and I, did you watch WandaVision at all? No. Did you see? Okay. Well, in, in the early scenes, they show like when they go, like she takes over a town or whatever, but they go, the military sets up their camp right outside the town. Okay. To deal with this. And they go in and they got monitors on, on, and it's supposed to look all high tech. And one of the things they had was a, a roadcaster pro. It's a podcasting studio, a mobile podcasting studio. Right. But oh. they, it was sitting there on the desk and it's supposed to look, cause it's got some shiny buttons. It's got some levers on it or uh, oh. slides on it and, uh, uh, colored buttons. So it, it kind of looks technic techy and they had it sitting there and I'm like, and all podcasters were like, what are they podcasters? The military podcasting or whatever, but it just looked techy. So they had it in there. So I was telling my wife about it. Cause she was watching that show with us, with me. And I said to her, I'm like, that's a roadcaster pro. I've been researching that. Right. So sure enough, months later, I, I buy one. Um, and she was like, I was going to get you that for Christmas. And I'm like, after a couple of days with the thing, I was like, it's a good thing you didn't. Cause it doesn't work for me. And it's like, wow. and, and they're great products. I'm not, I'm not sponsored by Roadcast or anything. I know people that use them and they love them, but for my setup here and the way I have to talk to John and multiple people and bringing stuff in and ha- hearing sounds, um, it just, I couldn't get it to work for me. And it's probably mm-hmm. more about my stupidity than it is about the product itself, but I ended up just packing it up and it was like 700 bucks. So it's not a cheap piece that everything's running smooth for me now. Supposedly that makes it simpler, but I was just like, I'm done. Uh, they came out with a two and another thing is in my head right now. I'm like, maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe I could simplify everything again, try again. And it's like, it's really learning. It's just learning about it. And I just couldn't. So I just sent it back and it was, it, it got too frustrating, but <laughs> that was one she dodged. Right. Cause if she had bought it, bought me that I would have worked even harder. And it would have been frustrating. And it was, she was like, I'm glad I didn't get it for you. Cause I would have caused you frustration. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. yeah, well, I had, you know, I don't podcast, so, um, right. I don't, I don't have any particular equipment, but I do have a, uh, Bluetooth headset that I use for yep. work and something happened to the microphone on it earlier this week. So I tried a different, uh, different set of headphones and that was coming through very softly so leading up to this uh day i was like holy smokes i've got to i got to put something together so these yeah. are um vmoda headphones that i've got uh yeah. oh, hardwired nice. to a, a blue yeti microphone so i uh, it looks like i went all out but it's because <laughs> it was it was my last <laughs> option <laughs> to be able to talk to you today no, it's not, I mean, you sound fantastic and you, I mean, yeah, you, did you, you bought those headphones specific for today? No, no, oh, I've, okay. I've you had them. them. I've had them okay. for a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. As a matter of fact, I don't know how familiar you are with, uh, V-Moda, mm-hmm. but, uh, these are my, um, customized DJ headphones. They've got my, uh, my, oh. uh, 
uh, initials on it. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, right on. The, that's awesome. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. So I, so you're plugged right into the Yeti, right? Correct. Yep. Not into the computer, not into You're plugged right into the Yeti. The so, Yeti is hooked into the computer via USB. Correct. So the Yeti is controlling that. Plus, I've got a, uh, a Logitech camera that's got its own audio. You know, all, all these oh, things yeah. are struggling to to win, right? Yes. When I plug them in, oh, my yeah. computer says, all right, which one of these things do you want to, to be the audio, to be the video? Oh, so yeah. you got to configure yeah. it. Yeah, it's it, that's so funny <laughs> because yeah, I know I get that all the time. People jump on here and they're like, they'll they'll be like, "How do I sound?" Uh, like you're across the room. <laughs> I don't know why. Hang on a second. And it's like, but they're right there yelling into the microphone, and I'm like, "You're connected to this." And every we all go through it. And Ara yeah. does it. Ara does. I mean, when Ara and I get on, it'll be like, "Okay, hang on," and like, "Let me see." All right, you got to go in here, and it's like. What do I look for? I'm like, I don't know. What do you have for a computer? But it's like, yeah, they're all struggling. And like I said, before we started, I actually sent you the link and I'm like, oh crap. Right after I sent, right after I sent Kevin the link, my computer literally crashed. It just shut down and I'm like, oh no. So, all right, get the thing running again. But what's kind of cool about that app about Riverside is like, I could send you out the link. Well, that's permanent. Now, when mm-hmm. I get on, when I get the thing back up and running, well, there you are. You're just sitting there waiting, like, wait a minute. He sent it to me. Why am I the yeah. only one here? <laughs> right. But it's, yeah. I mean, we don't lose connection with each other, you know, mm-hmm. and what the way I record now too is if now, if this shuts down on my end while we're in the middle of it, I just have to start back up and get a new recording. I put them together. Um, if you shut down right now, I'm recording. All I have to do is crop it. Because I mm. just keep recording. And that used to happen to John and I all the time. Mm. We, w- we would start, when John and I started recording, we would start at 10 o'clock at night because of our schedules. And we'd record for a couple hours. And it was, what was funny is we'd record till like midnight. And then, and this was on Wednesdays. And this was for our Brightside Chat podcast. And those would go out on Thursdays. And how neurotic I am and how, you know, like... I just, I need to get, I need to do things in a certain way. And I have my reasons and I'm like, I want consistency. And we had promised everybody, these are going to come out on Thursday morning. So we recorded them on Wednesdays. I was up to four or five o'clock in the morning, editing these podcasts, getting Mm. them together. And, but what ends up happening, and this is where you get into the, like, you don't actually, when you simplify you, things don't get easier. All you do is just take on more. So we would record, we would take two hours to record an hour long podcast. Mm. And then as we got better at it, the podcast got longer. No, you know what I mean? We didn't record. Oh, we're great. We could do an hour and an hour and be done at 11. Nope. We just keep talking till 12, but now I'm still up. You know what I mean? So it's like, it was always building. And then as we got better at it and I learned tricks like this, like sometimes we would record and John would just disappear. And now I'd be up till five in the morning editing that and making his audio, making my audio sound the same. Cause you have multiple record, all of these things that now most people and my son's like, dad, nobody cares. Nobody cares that, that audio quality is not perfect. I'm like, no, but I do. 
and that's the mm. whole theater part of it. I mean, I'm yeah. like, I want it this way. I want it to sound like John's in the room with me, even though he's in Texas. And it's like, and I love that when I got the, you know, when I got responses from listeners, like, you guys aren't together. I was like, yes, it worked. Yep. <laughs> it's like, I tricked somebody. <laughs> right. And it's like, cause I don't know what I'm doing, but now things have, are more simplified. I've, and because I've learned same way I went through home theater. It's like, you can't, I'm, I, I've got that kind of mindset. I, you can't tell me how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I have to do it and fail and know, okay, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. This works. Here you go. Right. And that, and that's how I got to this in my theater and this and that and, and podcasting. And so now it's maybe I could use a roadcaster because I know a lot more and I, I actually know some of the problems, but, but even still, it's just like, it's just like home theater. It's all part of the fun, failing, succeeding. Hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I gotta tell you, I, um, I misinterpreted your, uh, your podcast you know, you used to do um, the deep dive into every scene that you enjoyed in a movie, right? And you, you, I still want to do that uh, yeah. long since then. Yeah, but uh, I would see a, a title come up like "Escape from Alcatraz," and it's a three-hour podcast, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I'm that interested in Escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> right but now, I know it's like. 10 minutes max of the discussion and of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I no longer um, judge whether or not I'm going to listen based on the title. I just, I know I'm going to enjoy it because uh, even if it's not a movie I'm interested in, uh, it's only a very, very small part. (laughs) Right. And that's, you know, what's funny is, and that's how I got in the re like I want to do a podcast that was about the experiences right Mm -hmm. how i found av rant was exactly what you did like i they did a jurassic park podcast they titled it jurassic park Mm. but it was like they like tom talked for like two seconds about jurassic park and i was like i want to hear but then i kept listening and i was like this is cool i like this right Mm mm-hmm so then when it came time, when it came time, when I wanted to do a podcast, I wanted to do the podcast that talked about Jurassic Park. So that's how I started out. And I'm like, okay, I'll do 20 minutes on a scene, on my favorite scenes and this. And then it quickly evolved into, I'll do the whole movie, my favorite scenes from the movie. But I could never, again, I could never, my mindset, I could never just do 20 minutes a half hour i always i mean i could talk 20 minutes about a single scene never mind each scene of the movie and i enjoy i enjoy it a lot i love breaking down movies like that it's just very very time consuming and what ended up happening is i started stressing that i couldn't get podcasts out and Mm -hmm. i'm in you know g cornell I, I call my buddy because we talk like I'm almost daily through email. The the next one that I'm going to break down will be U five seven one because we talked about it. Because you should do it. I'm like, yeah, I know I should do it because that movie is kind of like, um, uh, what the heck was the one I just did? Uh, one of the last ones that I did. It's um, the robot giant robots. Ah, what the heck? Pacific Rim. There you go, Pacific mm-hmm. Rim. It's like that, where it's a demo, like, 
after demo all the way through mm. the movie, yeah. right? I watched the movie. I stamped the movie, which is a, a term that I use because I actually the time stamping time stamp the movie all the way through. So I have all that done. It's just a matter of sitting down and talking about it. And what I toward the last ones I did is I would take and set up in my theater and watch the scene and then literally like talk about it right away. That turned out to be the quickest way. Um, another way I did it was hit record here, run in, watch the scene, run into my theater, run over here, talk about that scene, go back and watch the next one. But even just recording, it takes a couple of hours. And then I take the dead spaces out in between. So watching the movie, two hours, and that's just stamping it. Then going back and recording, like doing your research on like, okay, what am I going to talk about in all these? That takes a couple hours. Then actually recording that takes a couple of hours. And it's like, oh my God, you know? So it's like, and then it, now, now everything's all recorded. Everything's great. I'm six hours in. Now I got to edit it. I was doing that every week. so what ended up I wasn't watching anything else I'd watch a a movie and it was like and it got to be and that's how I had we had to drop chat I my time was just being too taken up and I was like it was too difficult Um, and I want I will get back to it when things simplify out again and I'll do Mm -hmm. what I I, it won't be as consistent but I want to get back to it I'm actually thinking about trying to think of a way of doing like single scenes and we can and like be like, oh, this week is the this is the scene I'm going to talk about. And I'll talk about it with John and Steve to get back to and like really break down some scenes like I used to do, because I do love doing that. It is kind of what this podcast was founded on. But like anything else, things have to evolve. And I appreciate all the listeners for hanging on. I've had a few people drop out, say mm. I've had a few people. This isn't what I signed up for. I literally got that. And I'm like, all right, sorry, but I, I. I wish I could keep doing stuff like that, but I have to, I have, I have other things to do, you know, and I got to get that. And that's what, but I'm really, I'm loving this. I'm, I'm to be able to do what I sit down with John and Steve every week and be relaxed. Like the stress I used to have to go and one, sit down with John and do chat. And then the stress my wife knew, like, how am I going to, what movie do I want to do? And what, and like, I was so stressed that I'd sit down and watch a movie and be like, I didn't even like that. Uh, Now what do I do? That was the movie I was going to do. And it's like, not that I didn't like the movie, but I wasn't jazzed up about it to be able to, I can't fake this, right? mm -hmm. I don't sit down here and go, oh my God, Mary Poppins, you got to get to the 10 minute and 54 second mark of Mary Poppins. And when that umbrella opens, oh my God, your room opens up. I can't do that. That is yeah. like that was me being fake. I can't do that for a movie, especially for all like so I am me. This is what I do. It's like so what's funny is like if you ever meet me in real life and we start talking and be like, holy crap, that is who he is. My friends deal with this all the time. They're like, Why are you so excited about this? Whatever mm-hmm. I'm talking but I get this way. So if I sit down and I watch a movie to break it down and I don't feel that, I'm like, now what the hell? I just wasted two hours of my week and I got to think of something else to do and I don't have it. What am I going to do? And I got, it's, it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I got eight hours to get this done. I got eight hours of work ahead of me and I've only got three days to do it. Hmm. Uh, but I, 
So this is a lot more relaxing and fun to get to. And it's like on Tuesdays, I just come home from work, join up with them and hit record and talk about what we did all, all week. And, and I'm loving it. And I'm glad the listeners that stayed on are enjoying it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, what is interesting about the, um, the scene-by-scene uh, reviews that you would do, uh, you know, movies are subjective. And yeah. so the, 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 the thing about a, uh, a show that just talks about the equipment and setting things up, it is, uh, it's uh, avoiding that kind of... Um, uh, the nuances. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about whether the person likes this movie or that. This is all about the equipment and setting it up. It's, it's the technical side mm-hmm. of it. And as soon as you get into uh, reviewing a movie, now, at least on some level the the uh audience has to decide if they agree with you <laughs> about something that's that's subjective right now uh there are two movies in particular that i that i remember that you gave uh great reviews to on a home theater, home theater. level yeah. and i just i can't get i can't get past it it has to be <laughs> It has to be an interesting movie to me. Right. Otherwise, I just cannot uh, get into it. But yet, I still enjoy listening to a review of a movie that I don't like. It's right. It's crazy because it's it's because <laughs> I love home theater. Right. And so, what you're bringing out is is a scene, and I just imagine you know what that scene is like, uh, and I, I ignore. Uh, whatever potential bad writing might be involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and that's, I mean, that's what I like about home. That's one of the things I like about home theater. And one of the reasons John and I even came up with Brightside, like the idea of it, like the two of us spitballing, like, what can we call this? And, and I was like, well, we're, we're kind of just trying to put the bright side on everything because they're I'm like, why don't we just call it Brightside, Right. Because people were like poo pooing stuff that you're like, what, like, but it's just so much fun. Let's just have mm. the fun with the movies, right? Uh, it doesn't always have to be about great writing, like you know, like Transformers and stuff, especially in the home theater side of it, or comic book movies and stuff. We just have so much fun with it. And you're right. It's like when you review a movie, like, okay, well, this has great writing, and to me, a lot of that stuff, like you said, it's it's subjective. It's this and that, but. I see it because of the internet. Obviously, I'm on it. This is what, what what I do, and but I see a lot more people when they review movies. To me, I everybody's all of a sudden Siskel and Ebert, right? They want to be Siskel and Ebert, and and that's fine because I want to be Brent Butterworth. I want to be the guy that talks about movies in like in a way. That's it's not necessarily about the movie. I want to talk about the home theater part of it. You can leave everything else to to 
to people. Now, Steve does a lot of, Steve likes to talk about the movies, which I think it's a great addition to the show because he does get into some of that stuff. And I've got, we, and Steve's gotten responses that people like that. They, they're all right. Hey, we, so you're getting a mix of everything. But my, my thing is, and you'll hear it when we're talking, I'm like, but now how's the home theater part of it? Right. Cause Man. that's where my, you know, I love a great movie. I love Schindler's list. I love, you know, saving private Ryan, which has everything right. I love a great movie, a great story, a great mystery, stuff like that. But I like the home theater part as well. And that's the, that's my little niche in into the internet world is there's not a lot of people doing what we do there's not mm-hmm. a lot of podcast i hear a lot of other movie review podcasts and i i check them out and i'm like oh they okay yep they're not doing what we're doing they're doing the siskel and ebert thing right and it's like i'm trying to do the home theater experience and there's not a lot of people doing it and and to be fair there's not a lot of people that like what we like either so that's the reason mm-hmm. so but I'm glad you yeah, like when I, it. <laughs> <laughs> when I did the, um, the, the classroom demo, uh, the first thing that I showed was the THX Deep Note and the uh, mm. Dolby Atmos, um, you know, uh, or I don't know what you call it, pre-roll. And yeah. I did that on a portable Bluetooth speaker. And then I repeated it through the theater oh, system. Nice. So... The first time they're still seeing it on, uh, I had a, uh, the projector set up, so they're still seeing it on the same in the same size. But the the shock, it, 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 just to see their their jaws open when they uh, felt the base of the yeah. uh, of that uh, deep note and the the Atmos, it's uh, it's it shows you the. Uh, that there is emotion in the the way that the movie is presented. The part of the yeah. emotion is in that uh, you know hearing all the frequencies, feeling the the uh, the pressure from it. Um, and uh, the other demo that I did was showing the same scene with different uh, music in the background. Yeah, um, and it's just fascinating to, yeah. to, to experience that, to see, wow, you can create tension or you can create levity changing nothing. It's not the actor reciting the lines differently. It is simply the background music that completely changes the tone yeah. of, the, uh, uh, of it. And that's where have, having the most accurate home theater presentation of a movie is it's the the best way to to elicit the emotion that the director intended. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. It, it, like Steve George watching stuff on his iPad. I mean, <laughs> you talk about it all the time. It is absolutely so true that uh, you just, it, it's not the whole movie. No. No, it, it really isn't. And it's, I mean, we we get a lot of mileage out of that. That was yes. and, and, and it was a fantastic movie to get a lot of mileage. It was Lucy of all mm-hmm. movies, right? Because yep. that's the perfect example of you really need the the full system to enjoy that movie. Because the story, if you're just watching that, it's like you're know, like, oh, okay, yeah, she 
her brain is yeah whatever this is ridiculous you can say yeah oh, this this was dumb it's about the brain being smarter and i should have left my brain at the door blah 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 right but it's that emotion that that's that the audio elicits and then seeing it on a large screen too because the close-ups and the 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 hdr on that i mean it's just fantastic and it brings so you're just like wow colors whoa you're looking around and then the sound the bass and everything like you said how that triggers an emotional response out of you while you're watching this and it's like if you're not getting all of that you're not getting the full picture mm. really the you know, full experience out of it so that's the perfect movie as that example like oh yeah now you can watch, like I mentioned, Schindler's List. You can watch that anywhere on anything, and you won't keep your eyes dry, right? Because it's that's the story writing is that good. It's that you're, you know, and you're telling it, it's real. This is something that's tangible. You don't need the audio experience to make you. I mean, if you have a heart, you're going to be emotionally moved by that movie. Um, but there are some, you know. The movie like and then you go like i said saving private ryan that's another one where you can watch that anywhere and have but it's just going to be that much more emotional when it gets enhanced in a home theater where you get that full surround sound and it's like you're on the beach or later scenes and there's a gunfight and bullets are ricocheting around you when they're fighting in the streets you know and like um like black hawk down black hawk down is a little closer to it's way more enhanced being in a theater. Otherwise, it's just, a, you know, almost like a documentary type thing where you're going through. Uh, it's a good story, but you really, I mean, that's a epic home theater experience. Hmm. So, I, and it, it, this always leads me into that. That's why I say, like, I think sound is 70%. 70%. Because it can manipulate so much yeah. emotion out of you in... And if you just don't, if you don't have it, you're missing. So, I, I, I just feel like you're missing so much of the movie and, and the experience that it's, but you know, it's a fun debate. I love listening to people <laughs> like, well, you need both. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know. I didn't say eliminate one. I said like, which do you think is the most important if you had to pick? Well, I think they're equal. Well, see, you just didn't pick. I'm mm -hmm. asking you to pick. And it's like nobody... I mean, if sound... To me, sound 70%, but we live for years with silent movies. Watch a movie with no sound. And I mean, that's a different aspect. Yeah. Just like color in black and white. It's like there's a different way of shooting if you're shooting in color or you're shooting in black and white. And you can utilize that medium. I actually like black and white. I like how they... It, that can manipulate you a little bit more than I think color because we get too hung up on all those details. And then the other, you know, the actual story and the and the depth of the scene can actually be brought out in black and white. And, and now you're enjoying the sound even more where color can be distracting from all of that. Um, doesn't mean I don't like color movies, but. Yeah, and, and not only color, but the with the enhanced resolution that we have today, you can see textures that you didn't used to be able to 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 see, you know, a tweed jacket or uh, that yeah. kind of thing, and uh, you could, I think, you could argue that as you see more and more detail, it it can actually be distracting from the story. Whereas if the sound 
is more and more realistic. It doesn't mm. distract from it. Well, I would now. All right, I can argue in the other direction too. So in both cases, okay. So it depends on what what the artist is doing with the technology. Okay, just like in any art, it's it's you know you could call it like if we're going to simplify it down to a simple artist, it's like paint, brush, canvas. That's the most simplistic way. And it's like, if you get a better, smoother canvas, you can do, you know, you can add more detail, right? So like mm-hmm. when, when you paint on a, when you paint on a canvas, if it's not as tightly woven, woven, you, it's harder to get details because you got bumps and then bleeds and stuff. But if you get more tight, you get a tighter weave, like a closer to like a silk, right? You can get more details. So that's where you're talking about your pixels, which is better. Depends on mm-hmm. what kind of art you're trying to create. Right. Yeah, true. Yeah. So it, you're, it's a different, different way of, I mean, there are masterpieces done on, you know, on, uh, you know, potato sacks as opposed to like, oh, just because it's got better resolution doesn't mean it's going to be better or worse. Um, you can do the same thing when you're looking at the picture. Like you said, we get so much detail now. And I just talked about this. I don't know if it was this week or last week, but we get so much detail now that you can have two people talking. And the way they move the focus of the camera puts you in the scene, but you're like, wait a minute, that guy's just slightly out of focus now because you were looking at him while he was talking. You could see the pores on his face, but now the person he's talking to is in, but that he's, that person's slightly behind him or off center, whatever. And like the focus shifts to that person. So now this person is slightly out, just ever so slightly out of focus that, you know, 10 years ago, they're both always in focus. It's that tight. Right. But yeah. it's, it's manipulating your eyes around. It's a way to get a, get the viewer to move their eyes across the screen. Right. So, and that, which creates interaction, which is mm-hmm. nice about a big screen. If you never have to move your head, you're not involved. You're not, you're like, if you're just sitting standard, you know, it, that's another issue. Same with sound. You can have such realistic sound that it's so distracting. Right. And you're like, oh my God, there's too much going on. But if you take that same sound and you put a little ding, why did, what was that? And then later on in the movie, you go ding. And then you find out there's a character that makes that noise, whatever it is, but you can use that, but it can go either way. It's really in the, you know, the tools are there. It's what the artist is doing with those tools to manipulate those emotions out of you. You see what I Mm -hmm. mean? So. I just think, in my opinion, there's way more, you get way more uh, reaction out of the sound because, and again, like I said about the color, color is distracting. We take our sight for granted. So when you see something, you go, yeah, I've seen that before. Okay. And it's, you know, so you're watching a movie, you're like, oh, okay, I see that. Okay, great. But sound to us, I think... um, I've had this discussion with people and they're like, uh, they say smell, smell hmm. is the most triggering memory. Smells are the most, no, they're not. You, do you know, like every time I'm like, and I say this all the time and I, I've, I've had multiple arguments, debates with people. I'm like, your eyesight is the most triggering memory. They're like, no, it's not. I go, who am I? You're DJ. How do you know that? Because when you saw me, you said that's DJ. But we do it so, we take it so for granted. You look, what kind of car is that? Toyota Tercel. 
How do you know that? That car doesn't even exist anymore. But it just drove by and you know what it is. It's like, why did you just duck? Because you were going to slap me in the face. How did you know to do that? Because being slapped in the face hurts and I saw your hand coming. I saw it. You didn't smell my hand coming. I smelled a right cross. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. But it's, it's the rarity of the smell. Like you walk in a room and go, smells like my third grade class. Hmm. Right. And it's, it just, that's not the most, you just used your smell as a memory. It triggered a memory from when you were a kid, but your eyes are doing it 24 seven. You, mm-hmm. you fall asleep, you have dreams. How did you remember that? Cause the smell, no, your memory, your eyesight, you're like, Oh, I saw this or whatever it go, you know, eyes, ears, nose, taste. Maybe I probably taste comes before smell even, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's that, it, that's the most, to me, that's the most triggering is your eyesight. So we take that for granted, but then your hearing, you're like, that can hit emotion after emotion after emotion because we don't take that as much for granted. So that's why I give that in a movie the edge over picture, you know? So yeah, just one man's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so now speaking of the, the um, vision side of things, uh, you know, I said I've got a, a 25, 125-inch um, screen. It's acoustically... Uh, transparent woven mm-hmm. it's an old uh elite screen and i was previously considering replacing it with a uh tighter weave for mm. the for 4k um tab tension mm-hmm. and i got this 125 inch motorized for less than 400 dollars back oh. in 2015 for me to replace that with what I would want to put in, it's like three grand. Yeah. And that's, that's acoustically from transparent. That's the yeah. Cheapest. Yeah. yeah. But uh, because I use this room for other things, that's why I've got a uh, flat screen in there because mm-hmm. I want to be able to have all the lights on and still be able to, uh, you know, watch something casually. So, uh, in the end, I, I decided because of the price, I wasn't going to uh, push the envelope for for projector. I, I've only got a 1080p projector right now, so I'm like, mm. if I if I wanted to make this change, it's like a twelve fifteen thousand dollar <laughs> investment. You know, yeah. everything is is going to be replaced. So, um, instead, I've been looking at. Um, replacing my 60 inch plasma with a uh oled Mm. and um i had sent out to you and to rob uh over the holidays pardon me there was a um an open box deal at Mm. uh best buy (laughs) and it was interesting the the response that they were um they mentioned uh or people in the comments because this was on twitter yeah were saying make sure it's really best buy and not just best buy hosting used products from other companies so i didn't even know best buy did that yeah um i know walmart does you go to the walmart.com and you look something up and there's a half a dozen companies that are selling you stuff through their through their site but uh Best Buy, I've bought uh, uh, a lot of 
open box TVs. And what I do is uh, go to the, um, I look at them, and if they don't have a stand and they're a year old, then they are uh, TVs that have been up in their store. They're not Mm -hmm. returns. So, because people made a good point that there's a certain, what, 30% of uh, OLEDs have uh, dimness on one side, the other, or both because Mm. of the production method. And if you're not sensitive to it, then you don't have to worry about it. But if you're sensitive, you got a 30% chance of of getting a panel that you're not going to be happy with. Um, So... I get that's certainly a risk, even if it's just a uh, a store demo model. Mm. Um, but I I've never bought a unit that uh, I thought had gone to somebody's home. They didn't like it and returned it. So, but I've been watching the prices drop. You know, because I uh, kind of like you at Amazon putting something in your shopping cart and leaving it there. I'll put a I'll put a TV in my shopping cart at uh, Best Buy, and I'll just watch it. And I I've seen them go down to twenty two hundred, nineteen hundred, seventeen hundred. Yeah. Finally, on uh, uh, last week Monday, um, we had a, a holiday, and Best Buy had a sale. They put their open box seventy seven inch. Um, uh LG C1 on sale for uh $1400. Oh, $1400 for 77 for inch. Yeah. And uh it was in Niles, Ohio. That's over 4 hours drive, but I didn't care. Um but That's Rob H I, territory right there. <laughs> he went across country, two countries. Oh my goodness. So I I pulled the trigger and uh, said we can't find this product. <laughs> so I don't know what happened, but uh, it, it's probably for the best that I, I don't need another TV because I'm like this this Pioneer Kuro. It's in it's in great condition. It is a it is still a gorgeous picture, but who's going to want this TV? Because everybody yeah. I know. They want a smart TV. It's got to be 4K, even though they can't tell uh, <laughs> the, uh, anything about it. And so anybody's going to turn their nose up at this TV. So I'm going to be um, moving this out to my garage just oh. to be able to, you know, I actually have a 58-inch Samsung out in the out in the garage mounted to the wall. So... This will be uh, edging that one out. But I had gotten that Samsung for free from a buddy of mine who does uh, custom installs. There was, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, sparkles in the picture, mm. HDMI related. It's oh, on okay. all channels, though. So oh. his client uh, didn't want it. And um, uh, my buddy's got more... Uh, more TVs per room than anybody I know. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't need another free TV, so he he gave it to me, and uh, I, I've had it up in there. So I could replace that with a uh, this Pioneer Kuro just for the um, 
you know, it's a museum piece, you know, it's something yeah. to talk about that it was the top of the line and it's day. And I was just so happy. I was able to get my hands on, on one of them back in, uh, 2008. Oh yeah. That's but, uh, uh, that, yeah, that now, was top of the line back then. That was yep. like, I mean, you, you must've paid pretty penny for that. No, it was a $6,000 TV. I paid $2,400 open box. That's nice. <laughs> there you go. Hey, so yeah. I've been doing it a while. <laughs> I have, I've yet to meet, I've yet to hear somebody buying an open box OLED with success. That's, really? that's how rare it is. Um, and like almost every guy that was over my house, uh, from my hockey team, I think almost every one of them has an OLED now mm. after being in my theater, which doesn't have an OLED, but they all got that little bit of a home theater bug. Right. And they all call me. Um, my latest buddy, John, my latest one, this was like a month or so, two months ago, maybe he, he texts me and he's like, Deej, about the home theater thing. And he's like, what kind of TV should I get? And he was looking at some like, you know, LEDs or, uh, whatever, you know, something lower than an OLED. Mm-hmm. And then, so I, I told him, I'm like, okay, look at these here. I go, this is what you're going for. What did you have? But I always ask, what did you have before? What are you looking mm-hmm. for? Why do you want a new TV? If it's just bigger picture or, you know, cause if they don't care about quality, I'm not going to push them in a direction of like, get this right. Mm-hmm. So then I said, um, so, so John's like, well, I think these, this is my budget here. Right. And his budget was around two grand or something roughly. So I always like, I know me and everybody I've talked to, it's like, all right, $2,000. So if I find something for 2,500, they'll buy it. Right. Cause there's <laughs> always that buffer. They're not telling you the truth when they say two yeah. grand and I'm not a salesman by any stretch of the imagination. I just know how I think I'm like, all right, it's that close. I might as well do it. So I'm like, Oh, look at these. I'll look at 1500 to 2,500. And that, but he did want something around seven, 70, 77 inches, something like that. And uh, long story short, he, he gets back to me, he goes, what do you know about OLEDs? And I was like, well, that's the best you can do. That's all I said. And I was like, I didn't want to tell you. I was like, cause you weren't mentioning quality. And he goes, these look pretty nice, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, I go this, I go, you really can't go wrong. I'm like the LGs outdo the Sony's a little bit, but you're not going to notice the difference. Most I'm like, it's just, it's a technical thing, but they're fantastic. I'm like, you, you, you're going to feel like it's 3d. And he's like, all right. So he starts shopping open box. Now he, now I'm only telling you that this is what happens almost every single time. Hmm. Oh, actually not almost every single time they try an open box. He's like, I got an open box here. That's like just within his budget, which is like 2,500 bucks. And he's like, it, it was like a 77, whatever it was. It was the big, it was a big one. Mm-hmm. And they all come back with a bad pixel or they come at, and, they, and now, because they're now the bug is in there. Now they, this looks great. And it's probably a couple of days. And I'll ask John this week what it was. It might've been a couple. And he goes, he's like, this thing's annoying me in the corner. Cause now you care right before yeah. you didn't care. You just wanted some, but now he's knowing like one pixels out or whatever it is. And he's like, I can't do that. So he boxed it up, sent it back, bought a brand new one for like 3,500 bucks, whatever he got. And so he went, he blew his budget because now he'd been exposed to it. That's happened with every single guy, every single guy. And this, I think six of them were in my room. And now almost, Uh I think almost every single one of them have an OLED now because, and that another one, the guy that runs my team, 
he texted me Christmas morning a picture and he goes, I got it. How do I connect this? Cause he wanted surround sound. And mm-hmm. I, he had heard, like I had told him, I'm like, Oh, Sonos has a good system. Now I'm like, if you have the money and he does, I'm like, this is what you got. <laughs> I'm like, you could set up a nice system with Sonos simple, right? Cause he's yeah. in a living room theater. <laughs> he sends me a pic. I go, uh, he goes, I can't figure out how to connect my Sonos speaker to get the surround sound. I'm like, can you send me a picture of the speaker? And it's a Sonos one, just a one, which is like, it, that's not for surround sound. You can't connect those to televisions. And I just laughed. I was like, sorry, no, that save that, buy yourself another one of those and then get this. And I sent him the arc or the beam. And he goes, what's the difference? I go, well, one's like half the money, the beam. And I'm like, the arc is going to give you Atmos. It's going to do it. It's going to interpret that. And he goes, well, what do I do with this one? I go, you buy another one and you put them at the back of the room and you'll have full surround sound with either of those. Hmm. And he goes, okay. So, and then he gets back to me a couple hours later. So what's the advantage of the arc? And I was like, it's going to actually quote unquote shoot sound into the ceiling. It's supposed to give you Atmos. I go, it. It sounds pretty good. I've installed one in a in a, a symmetrical room, didn't have weird ceilings or anything, and it does sound really good. Uh, it's not like what you heard in my room, I said. I go, but it does sound really good. It'll give you a good facsimile, a decent facsimile, I should say. And he's like, all right. Like an hour later, he goes, it's on its way. <laughs> I was like, all right, give me a call if you need help. I'm like, I'll come down. So... I haven't heard from them actually that one. Uh, but yeah, they've all, you know, getting back to the OLEDs. They've every single one of them has sent them back, but then they end up buying the good one. They buy a brand mm. new one. So that's why when anybody asks, I go, just beware. And it, and the worst, and this is why I think they do it. And I, I'm starting to think it's a conspiracy. We'll put these out and they're so good that anybody willing to spend the 2200 or 2000 on an open box, once they see it, they're going to want to get rid of that. And it'll be like, well, it's only another thousand dollars. So let's go do it. And it's like, they're yeah. like, let's just put about a couple of crappy ones and get, if they get it, they get it. But you're, you've gone this far and that's what they all say. Oh, I went this far. I might as well finish off. I'm like, well, you could have just started there, but you couldn't afford that. But now you can. Okay. So, but it allows their, their brain to get yep. over that hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's almost like a payment plan, right? Yeah. Well, I can't afford 3,500 bucks off the jump, but I can afford 25 this week and 10 next. Oh, a thousand next week. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> all right oh, yeah. sounds good to me <laughs> you know so yeah it all works um i do have a you know i've got a um 55 inch curved oled in our bedroom mm. curved and OLED. i know i've never heard of that what i have a i have a curved samsung that i just replaced it's sitting in the back room right now um just sitting there on the floor um mm. But it's just, it's not an OLED. I didn't know they made curved OLEDs too. Yeah. Yeah. It's an LG. And, um, I got it for 800 bucks when a, uh, Sears was going out of business. Oh yeah. Uh, And, uh, so it's, uh, it's, I think it's incredible because I've got low quality videos that we just, uh, put on, uh, during the night 
when the lights are off, even these low quality videos look beautiful. You know, we have, uh, I think I told you last time we have uh, Futurama or some um, uh, uh, season after season of uh, some comedy playing in the background. My wife needs uh, something in the background for her to go to sleep. She just needs to have that kind of background something, background sound. So I've been tickled pink that I've got this uh, beautiful picture up there. And because I don't wear my glasses at night, having a big 55 inch in the bedroom lets me actually uh, get an idea of what's happening on, on screen without putting my glasses on. But when I uh, tried to buy that OLED uh, uh, last week and I, I wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to make the purchase, my wife said, what you need to do is replace that TV in our bedroom because the uh, glare is terrible. I can't watch it during the day if I've got a, the light on because we've got a, um, uh, a light that hangs down from the ceiling in front of that TV. And it just partly because of the uh, curvature, it's just always reflecting that light uh, anytime you look at the TV from any angle. So she had never said this to me before. So now I'm like, do I need to replace two TVs or what am I, what am I going to do here? But I know Rob H has said, you know, everybody's afraid of the glare from the, from the OLED, but it's really not bad. And I agree with them usually, but our setup in the bedroom is one of those corner cases where mm. it, uh, the the reflective nature of that glass is uh it is uh distracting it i did notice that when i i got mine um for some reason i, I the reason it's so distracting is cuz the black levels are so good mm -hmm. right and yep. i mean it makes it to to the point that um my dogs see themselves in my OLED now that they didn't before. Like I had a curved Samsung, I think it's an LCD or whatever, but it's, it, it's not very, it wasn't very good. I mean, it was decent. It's, you know, 4k, you know, had HDR and all that, but the OLED is just so much better that, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're in the reflective quality of that screen. When you get those deep black levels, the dogs are like seeing things in it and you're like, they're barking at it or growling or whatever. I see it. And yeah, that and especially compared to my projector with a screen, there's no reflection off of that. What's reflecting off of it is the picture. That's what's coming back at you. And that I like that. I like that quality there. But it is, to me, that is a compromise of the OLED. But if you're in a dark room, and this is where I agree with Rob, is that if you're in a dark room and you're engaged in a movie and you have a giant screen, like, you know, my, my OLED's 55 inches. It's just in the living room. That's what we watch everything on. And I'm, I'm glad I got it. Um, but at a 77 or the 85 inch, whatever, you got a big screen, you're sitting closer and you're watching a movie. Rob's right you'll you will you won't look at the reflections and if you're in a darkened room there shouldn't really be any maybe you might see yeah. yourself but if you do then you're not engaged in the movie 
right? Mm -hmm. You're actually looking for flaws at that point when that's why a lot of the reviews I hear about movie, well, this wasn't very good. I'm like, oh, it didn't have enough base. It needed a little more. I'm like, get into the movie. Stop trying to analyze it with an anal, you know, a base analyzer or something. And Todd and I have talked about it with his base hunters thing. It's like, he doesn't, he's not doing that to pick on stuff. He's doing it to show you like, Hey, this is how great this stuff is. Right. It's like, he doesn't, he's not going through it. This movie's wrong because it's not as good. It's just that, you know, it's get into the movie. Cause then you're going to, once you're enveloped into the movie, you're probably going to perceive things a lot differently. And that includes that reflection, right? Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, you know, and that's where I think Rob's right. It's, you know, you don't, once you're into something, you don't see that stuff. You know, it, it kind of, you're just, you're just watching what is lit up and having a good time with that. So I, I wouldn't let that distract you or dissuade you from buying an OLED. It's just, to, I mean, you know how to get rid of those reflections? Don't make your black level so deep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you won't see anything because they're all grayed out. And they're like, is that good? No. You know, so, or yeah. maybe someday they'll come out with a projector that can get that deep. You know, they'll find a way to do that or a screen projector combination that'll get that deep. But right now there's mm -hmm. nothing. So, yeah, but Hey, I, I want to ask you, uh, another question about, uh, you know, because sure. when I painted my subwoofer, the, the, the two new subwoofers over Christmas, I was, uh, you know, going back and forth, what colors do I want to paint it? Because you know, at you the had thirty-two of the room, in the house to choose from. I've got yeah, I got a whole <laughs> lot of choices. Um, so up front, there was no option. I knew I wanted flat black because mm -hmm. I didn't want to. Uh, I wanted to blend into the the darkness. But in the back, I was like, these things are so monumentally huge. Uh, I'd like to to do something with them rather than just have plain black where it fades into the, uh, fades into the background. And so the front of them are, it's a pearlescent metallic pink. Okay. And the, uh, which I made by mixing a couple of colors together. And then uh. all the other sides are, um, high gloss white. Oh, they both look like Samsung washer and dryer because it's got the whole, it's got the black right in the middle and it's yeah, uh, like an old, the Marty round over. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The biggest mistake. And these things are monstrous. It's 250 pounds a box oh. and I did not want to have to repaint them again. So after, after all this, after five days of work, and deciding it was the absolute worst uh, color combination. <laughs> I've got a bunch of um, uh, speaker grill fabric. I've got bolts of it. So I just took two uh, two yeah. sheets wrapped. Oh my goodness! So I, the the uh, metallic pink I was able to leave once I took the appliance appearance yeah. from the from the uh, from the other sides and oh it just transformed them so now it's got you know they pop because they've got that uh that metallic pink but they're uh they don't look like appliances anymore but i was nervous <laughs> <laughs> so i 
That's so funny. Hell, a nice, nice washer and dryer you got in the back of your room. Yeah, thanks. So I, the, the <laughs> you want to do a load? <laughs> <laughs> so the question is: Have you ever, um, you know, tried to get creative with something rather than do it in flat, bra- flat black, and then you just look at it and you're like, oh boy, I should have just uh, not tried to uh, tried to go crazy with this. Um, I can't say that I have, um, I've mm, not in home theater. Um, I would say I have too much experience painting in outside of home theater that I can, I, I'm, I'm usually a pretty good judge of that stuff. I know, um, I know how to one, I, like I said, I have too much experience without sounding like I'm bragging, but it's like, I, I, I know how to get what's in my head out to whatever I'm trying to do for the most part, especially in that, in that perspective, um, colors, stuff like that. Um, like I did, uh, I think I told this story before I, I painted my motorcycle and it it's layered, it's pearl, it's, and I made it look like it's an American flag underneath the pearl red. Okay. Hmm. And, um, so like, if you're going to look like, imagine like a candy apple, like if say you took a white, like cue ball and you wrap and you made it look like you wrapped two sides of it with the American flag, right? So you could see the cue ball at the top, but then the sides with the flag, but then you candy appled it red, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's still like in that white part of the cue ball, you'll see like, it's, it's just candy apple red. It's, you know, it's not pink, it's candy apple red, but then where the blue part of the flag was, that's a much deeper candy apple red. And then where the red part of the flag was, that's a different, but deeper, you know what I mean? It's a different Mm -hmm. color. And then obviously the white part of the flag. So I did that and it looks, but then I did a cutout of a star. So you could see like the, you could see the American flag through the cutout. And then I put a, a shadow on it. So it looked like you could reach into that star. Okay. So I did all of this. I know how to do it. I knew the colors I needed to do. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. My buddy who ran the body shop that was, I was working in at the time, he had more experience automotive painting than I did. That's why he was running the shop. I had more experience flat out painting. He tried to do that on, he was also the goalie on one of my hockey teams. I showed up to a, we showed up to a game and I'm like, what the F happened to your helmet? <laughs> His helmet was all pink. It was it, it pretty much like what you were talking about. Right? So he had that same motif on his mask that I did on my motorcycle. He watched me do my motorcycle. Right. And he had, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, why is everything pink? So what he did is he took and he painted the flag on his mask and then took the pearl coat, the the red pearl coat and just painted over it and thought that's how you got it. And it just turned everything pink. Mm. And I'm like, no, you have to, I'm like, no, that's not how you do it. You actually, what you see on that paint job is actually those colors. And then you just put a pearl coat over it. Oh, I'm like, he goes, you had to do all those. I'm like, yes. 
yes that's how you do it and i'm like and then he goes well how did so he painted the whole thing the american flag his whole mask right then he masked out the area that he wanted the american flag to show through then he painted the pearl over everything pulled that off and he's like everything's pink except for that one star the two stars on his helmet like he was trying to do on my motor that i did on my motorcycle and I'm like, no, I painted this whole thing red. Then I went back and actually painted the blue. I painted the white and I painted the red inside those stars. And then yeah, yeah, every single, it was all a step, but I knew how to do that. He, he didn't, that's my point. It's like, mm-hmm. there's not much, especially in that, like I can visualize and I know how to execute that stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like, I would have known that's going to look like a washer and dryer when you're done with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right i mean if you went with stainless steel would have looked like that you know <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know so i i, I would have said stuff like i would have noticed stuff like that so and the other thing i don't know if you i do a lot of that stuff now in photoshop like i'll do mm-hmm. examples for people when i want to paint stuff i'll just give me what you want painted i'll show you because people have tried i know what it's going to look like but i got to put it in photoshop so that you know what you're talking about what you're this is what you want no well that's what you're that's what it'll look like executed <laughs> oh okay all right what do i want here and i'll change that i'll change it all to what i think their picture yeah that's what i want that's not what you said mm-hmm. you know so yeah, so I did not Photoshop it, but I do, I can't believe I didn't do it because I, I put everything in Photoshop. I've got pictures <laughs> from 2004 where I, um, you know, this is when you had to manually go in and uh, uh, mark off the borders um, so that I could change the, the color of the carpet right. in my theater. Yeah. And so I, I've got all these pictures of different colored carpets in there um, that I uh, tested out before I, I went with one. So, yeah, yeah I, I can't believe I didn't even think to to uh, take a, a picture of a, a Marty sub and just apply the colors to it. it yeah. Been yeah, you do the, the bucket. You just drop the bucket color in at a certain tone and just boom. Oh, yeah, there you go. Nailed it. Yeah, um, yeah it's – I mean – stuff like that i've had years and years of color theory and crap like that that i just i'd rather forget but that's what it comes out in <laughs> mm-hmm. so you you know um but yeah it's but that's fun though that's the part of the learning and like now you got a great story yes i do <laughs> and not only a story people who come over i can it's i can just move that uh speaker grill fabric away yeah. and they can see the 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 uh gloss white paint and are you painting with a brush or are you shooting it with a gun i'm just using a brush yeah and you so you did metallic with a brush yeah oh nice yep you gotta be you gotta be careful (laughs) because it'll see if your your if your strokes aren't uh lined up they'll oh yeah it's unforgiving yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah it's like yeah i shoot metallic um, obviously every day when I'm working with cars. Um, but yeah, you could, I couldn't, that's why everybody's like, why does my touch up look so bad on my car? You're like, cause you're, sh- you're painting silver metallic with a brush. It's like yeah. the way that metallic lands, I can change a color. I can take one color and make it 
like six colors just by the way I changed the settings on the gun because of the way the metallic's going to land. So like mm-hmm. you said, when you're doing it with a brush, it's like if you go back and forth, like all the metallic's going to be leaning one way and then the other way is going to be leaning the other way. And then it's like, it's going to, you know, look like plaid when you're done <laughs> just yep. because of the way the metallic flakes land. So that's funny. Yep. Now, right. um, I know you've said that you uh, were into car audio. Oh when yeah, you were uh, high school, and I was uh, I was big into car audio in high school. So I guess my first uh, experience with uh, subwoofers in a car was late late eighties. I didn't have one back then, but yeah, I knew they existed. But my question is because they became so prevalent so quickly, how did that not translate into uh, some version of a home theater sooner than it did? So, Because you could get them, but, uh, mm-hmm. in, and I, I once had a, uh, uh, what was it, Optimus or Realistic, is the, the uh, Radio Shack version, passive sub, 10-inch, you had to have all these wires coming in, plus and minus from the left and right coming in, mm-hmm. then plus and minus uh, going out. And uh, it it was definitely uh, a whole lot of wires to manage. Mm-hmm. But back then, it wasn't even an additional amplifier. Right. So, uh, I don't know. It, did you know anybody with a uh, oh, yeah. subwoofer in their home system? Okay. In their home system? No, yeah, home. not as, I was the first one and I got mine late, but I think, all right, you gotta, I, I go back to the mindset of like the kid, right? That wants a subwoofer in his car. Cause he wants to shake. He wants to pull up to an intersection with the windows down and make all the other cars shake. Right. It's not about sound quality. It's just about, you know, who's got the loudest system. So, I think the reason it doesn't translate to home theater is twofold. One, it's not really about the the audio experience. It's about the, you know, just showing off. And two, it's more simplistic, right? So to add a sub, like you said, it's like a subwoofer in a car was complicated because you had the way you had to wire it to your system, but the system was already there. Yeah. The the car had speakers. The car has, it's like, if you want a subwoofer, you just have to add this to your already existing system. Okay. Why didn't subwoofers take off in home theater is because you need it. You, you got a home, you got a TV. You don't need, now you need to get a theater to add a subwoofer yeah. to. You see what I mean? So it's yeah. like car audio and it's like when you were a kid you had maybe some disposable income because you got a job if you're driving you got a job you got some money you want to you want to spend it in for short relatively short money it was a lot for kids back then for like 500 bucks you could be irritating the hell out of everybody at an intersection right sound quality isn't any better you're basically imaxing the crap out of metallica at some intersection that's all but Mm -hmm. to translate that to home theater when we're in home theater we're trying at well eventually we do do a little bit of that at first with our subwoofers like blow the room off you know because we're like listen to this and it's like it's all wrong we're imaxing Mm. it but you know at at the end of the day we are trying to look for the best quality and it's like in a home theater experience so there's a lot more involved 
one of them being having a home theater, <laughs> right? So I think yeah. that's why it didn't really take off um, and still hasn't really, you know, you still have audio files telling you, you don't need the subwoofer, um, you know, and, and, and to a degree, it's not wrong. It's like, cause music doesn't necessarily go as deep as movies do, but you'll have better room response if you, it with a subwoofer because now you can locate that better to get the response you need as opposed to your speakers have to go in a certain, you know, left and right have to go on the left and right. And you, you know, if you're just depending on that, you, your, your overall room response might not be as good as, as accurate as it would be with a subwoofer. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. Does that All answer right. your question? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're sitting there I just, just smiling. <laughs> because I, I have been obsessed with bass since, yeah. you know, since I was a kid. It has not changed. And, you know, I went from car audio to, to home, but, uh, I'm still, you know, I've always been in pursuit of the, um, the ceiling, right? I, I, I feel I'm I'm closer and closer mm. to an uncompromised system, right? F and you've eliminated a lot of your compromises, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just I I wonder, you know, what I have gotten started in home theater uh, sooner mm -hmm. if if subwoofers were more uh, readily available back when I was. Uh, you know, first getting into audio. Um, I, I just think it's funny because I I've had subwoofers in all of my cars right. since like 1991, and mm. I didn't have a a, a subwoofer until uh, I guess I had one in the uh, I had a real subwoofer in 1999. Yeah. So yeah, that wasn't that long. About my I I got my first subwoofer probably nine ninety seven same thing ninety seven ninety eight I got my NHT and that thing lasted me until I got my uh, SVSs hmm. um, I had an NHT which has an external NHT's subs uh, have external amps so that was in the rack uh, and then you just ran speaker wire to the sub um, and then I added one somewhere in like two thousand and ten was probably when I got my second sub and it was just a no name. Like I, I've said before, my dad got it for me from a company going out of business and he's like, any speakers you want? I'm like, yeah, subwoofer best, you know, biggest one they got. So I just added that and it had, it, it evened out the room. It was nice and I loved it. Um, mm. and then it was, you know, years later, I finally got, I, you know, like you said earlier, like real sub, I upgraded to the SVSs, the two thousands and, um, I've never looked back, <laughs> it's like, yeah. but, but I think like to your, to your point about the fascination of bass and it, it's always fascinated me that people are so fascinated with it. And it's like, mm. but I think a lot of it, and I, I've thought about this for forever, but it's like, it's gets back to exactly what we were saying about like the sense of smell triggering. And it's like, it's, that's the rarity bass is so rare right to our hearing and it's like yeah. every day you and i we talk and just this conversation alone we're taking in high frequencies you know it, the lower you get it's like that's 
that's the interesting stuff to us because we hardly ever hear it. And when you get that boom or anything that you can physically feel, yeah. that's rare. So it becomes mm-hmm. more interesting because of its rarity. And to your point of like, if you'd experienced subwoofers in your home theater earlier, maybe you wouldn't have the fascination today that you have because maybe you would have been like, eh, okay, mm-hmm. that's great. And it's like, I mean, I love bass too. I love the entire spectrum. I like the entire idea. It's like, I mean, it's all encompassing to me. Um, no, no one frequency is more fascinating to me than another. Um, but I do understand why people, why they want it and, and they'll boost it because it's like, cause you're not getting it anywhere else. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, the only place you go to an airport, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> and be like, Hey, how was it at the airport today? Plane crash. Woo. Got a big base out of that one. Wait, what? <laughs> like, uh. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the rarity. Just like watching NASCAR. How was the race? Four crashes. No, who mm-hmm. won? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, well, they go around and around for, like, for three hours, but whoa, what's the rarity? The crash. Okay, great. Anybody can drive. It's, who mm. can crash and walk away? That's interesting. You know? Yeah. It's, All right. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to to talk with me about this because I, I've just been so uh, <laughs> energized of my uh, my new system. So I'm glad to be able to talk with somebody who can uh, who understands the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> about it <laughs> everybody listening understands them too yep. it's like yeah i know and that that's the fun part about all this like i said earlier and it's like it's just it's great to be able to sit down i love it i mean thanks for reaching out and being like hey i'm really excited i'm like let's go exactly let's go i'm like i'm not because you know what maybe if i if if we talk next week, you wouldn't have been as excited. You would have moved yeah. on to something else. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on again, Kevin. Awesome. Yeah, and any, everybody it. listening, just reach out and let me know. And cause I'm, I'm just, it's hard to schedule these things right now. And you know, Kevin, you know, it just worked out for us this week. And as this goes on, just reach out and we'll treat, see if we can fit people in. That's how it goes. So, um, anything else you want to say, Kevin, before we get going? Nope, I'll save it for next time. There you go. There's (laughs) always a next time. All right. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I'll be back on Friday with John and Steve. Have a great week, everybody. Go push play. Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.